0: Welcome to episode 42 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Ashton.
1: And I'm Anthony.
0: Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 42. Celebrating the best of at 50 years bold. We'll go one-on-one with my co-host and all-star dad, Double A, Anthony Alfred. Father-son free-for-all will go Legend special guests, and my dad's longest of long-time chums, Mike and Nick, will join us to go gold, silver, bronze for love-inspired athlete names. And we'll head for home on episode 42 with our special segments, All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums, personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 42 of the Champs and Chums podcast.
1: Thanks for listening. back to Champs and Chums. Happy February everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton in the co-host chair. So glad that you're with us here for episode 42. It is an absolute milestone one here so we're so glad that you joined us. Uh, It may be uh, cold outside and it may be uh, February may be the uh, smallest of months but we have the biggest of episodes here on episode 42. So glad that you're with us. And uh, it's now my great privilege and pleasure to bring in my spectacular, my sensational co-host of Champs and Chums, Ashton. Ashton, how you doing, my man?
0: Well, I'm doing great, and uh, I can't wait to start uh, episode 42, your 50 years bold episode.
1: Well, there you, well, you got to it already, didn't you? Well, thank you so much, uh, uh, son. It's uh, so great to uh, celebrate a milestone here in the month of February at the time of this recording. And it's been a big one. It's a bold one as well, too. And, and thanks for picking up on, I guess, something I've been um, saying uh, more often than not. It's a theme it's a feeling, it's an emotion, it's a way to be, and, uh, you know, many times when you hit a, a big milestone like that, Ashton, and people ask you, like, how old are you, right, and so I kind of got thinking about it, because, you know, around a big number like that, and a milestone number, you start thinking about, well, how do I actually want, how do I actually feel about this, and, uh, yeah, it just came to me, I'm not 50 years old, fans, I am 50 years bold, and, uh, really really special time and um, I know uh, some of you are already who are listening right now were uh, very kind enough to wish me some really special words on on social and uh, and such. so really appreciate them from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Great stuff, uh, Ashton. So um, yeah as part of this uh, a big uh, bold episode 42, uh, we always recap for our, our fans uh, the good listenership of champs and chums. Uh, some of the wonderful things that we've been up to. And boy, as I said, everybody, February may be the smallest month, but we had some really big, big activities. Um, and I guess, Ashton, you know, why don't we kind of start with uh, February 1st, the 1st of February, if you will, because that was the sort of the specifically special day for me as I turned 50. Um, as the champs and chums always do. You know, we celebrate with great experiences and um, we had a fun going to the top of Toronto and then we went uh, uh, and walked over to watch uh, some of the uh, the finest in Toronto from a hockey standpoint play. But uh, why don't you tell the fans a little bit about what we did to celebrate uh, uh, my milestone 50 years bold birthday.
0: Well, yeah, you picked me up from school early. We got dressed in our, um, our formal clothes and... Um it was really a best of experience going to the top of this of uh, Toronto. The to... champs
1: and chums were dressed in championship form, Ashton.
0: Yeah, you and... know, and,
1: and 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 your fans who engaged with us on social, you you kind of had the all the likes and the loves, and we really appreciate that. Yeah, we were feeling like uh, we were feeling really great on that day.
0: Yeah, like I've been to the top of the CN Tower in like the afternoon, like lunchtime or brunch, pretty much. But I've never been like you know near near uh, when it's just about to uh, turn dark. But it was a beautiful view. The sun was shining. It was really really nice. And um, you know the top of Toronto is one of those experiences that it for me it doesn't really feel real for some reason because you're so high up. You feel like you're just in the clouds, and you feel like um you just feel like you're in A a different world, basically.
1: Well, you know, yeah, that's right, Ashton. It was such a great way to celebrate it. Some uh, great food, uh, great drinks, great company. And uh, so there we were on top of Toronto among a sky full of stars. But then let's get to part two here. We skated over after uh, being at the top of Toronto, above the above the clouds, your champs and chums with a sky full of stars. We went we to went, see the stars. We went over to see the stars. We went to the ice and see the stars. And then and, and what happened after that?
0: Well, um, it was a great game. Uh, I can't remember who they were playing. Were they playing uh, Boston?
1: It was more than a great game. It was an epic battle.
0: Yeah, I mean... It was it was a tough loss for the Leafs but they played really good it was uh really back and forth and uh, I think that uh Toronto you know they played really good they had uh they played really good defense and uh, they also had a really good uh offense they had great lines that game because that game was tough um I feel like I mean one of the things that sparked up the building was, uh, Wayne Simmons fight, fought, yeah. uh, who was it?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember that the name, um, uh, it was a third liner. Definitely. It was, it was the fourth line, third, fourth line out yeah. there. And, uh, yeah, he, he uh, he, uh, Wayne Simmons, uh, my, my Scarborough boy, as you know, uh, uh, Ashton, your, your dad grew up in, uh, the beautiful, wonderful, powerful streets of Scarborough, and he laid a beat down on that guy for sure. Uh, But anyhow, it was a great uh, uh, birthday. That kind of got extra special, Ashton, in the second intermission. Do you care to share that great experience with the the fans?
0: Oh, yeah. So um, when we were at the top of Toronto, my dad told me, don't leave your seats during the second intermission, and uh, he told me why. Because uh, the bear ha- had uh, had had uh, he he'd sent an email to the bear, and he he uh, he uh, <laughs> responded very well. And oh, during the second intermission, he um, he put our name he put his name on uh, my dad's name on the board, and uh, it it was a it was a cool moment to see my my dad's name. Uh, on on the video board it was really really cool
1: well yeah it certainly was special and then 50 was a special one and uh, yeah it was kind of a a late arriving thought and 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 big thanks to uh, a a long time chum as well to the bear for uh, for really coming through with a big time net to uh, to help celebrate and add an extra special touch to, even though it was a leaf loss, Ashton, I felt I won big time because it was a beautiful afternoon, it was a wonderful night, it was a magnificent day, and it was uh, celebrations all around. So um, yeah, so that was uh, a wonderful day to commemorate uh, 50 years bold, uh, but l- let's go on. Ashton, you wanted to add some other things, did you?
0: Yeah, um, have you ever thought about this where when you saw your name on the Jumbotron, like Thirty plus thousand were were uh, well, looking actually, at your name.
1: Well, so okay. Well, here's the thing, uh, Ashton, and I might have mentioned this to you. So as I, I got uh, I got home that night, uh, you know, after a, a, a you know a wonderful, a magnificent uh, a birthday. Um I, I went on to my Facebook and uh you know just really grateful at the the many people who reached out to me on such a special day to to do so thank you uh, everyone but one of them actually was a long time high school chum uh who uh, there's some chums coming up on this show actually that uh, will know him but uh shout out to an old chum a friend of the show uh, uh Jason Carey who sent me a note on Facebook saying Hey, Double A, happy birthday. I just saw your name on there. I'm at the game too. So uh, anyways, uh, all to say yes, Ashton. It, it kind of didn't really occur to me. But uh, yeah, to have your name on lights and uh, for a special moment like that, uh, really appreciative of, uh, of those things. But hey, listen, let's, uh, let's take the birthday good feeling messages and let's continue that. Because we got an OG, a great friend of the show, an original member of the cast of Champs and Chums, who if you think I celebrated a milestone birthday, this, this, this uh, all-star did as well too. Ashton, let's unveil it for the fans.
0: Yeah, well, one of our power girls, uh, Ashley, she uh, turned 16.
1: Sweet 16, and boy, is she a sweetheart. She's a wonderful person. So much... Um, uh, uh, so much potential, so much effort, so much intelligence, so much uh, beauty, and and so much compassion, and uh, I just love Ashley's energy. So happy sweet sixteen birthday to Ashley! And I don't think we're gonna tell uh, tales out of school. I want to let you know how ambitious and and uh, uh, progressive my newly minted sixteen-year-old nieces is, is. That within a day. There she was getting her, her uh, what do they call it now? The H1 license?
0: G1, I think. Or the
1: G1 license. There she was. So I, I love that hustle. I love that heart. So shout out to uh, a great friend of the show, an original member. She support us every step of the way as we even press play on episode 42. Thank you, Ashley. We love you. We support you. And you're going to do some amazing things. Thank you. Great stuff. Well, Ashton, let's keep all the good uh, stuff rolling, and let's let's turn into some wonderful things that you did. Because th- speaking about big stages, I mean, you had your your co-host, your dad's milestone fiftieth birthday. You had your 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 cousin' sweet sixteen. Speaking of big stages, you were on a big stage just uh, earlier this month on um, on something that I think actually, Ashton, that you're a natural of doing. It was a big speech arts competition. How do you think that went? Tell the fans a little bit about that experience.
0: Well, I think it went really good, and uh, I talked about the depletion of glaciers. Um, You know, the global warming is a huge problem right now, and um, glaciers hold up to three-quarters of the Earth's freshwater, which is 75%, and um, they've been, like, melting since the 19th century, and um, there's... There's actually not not that many glaciers left, but and like animals are dying because of their habitat loss. But you know, uh, I I told some solutions that we can do. We can donate to World Wildlife Fund. We can uh, you uh, we can conserve electricity and water. Uh, we can.
1: So the topic is great and and you you were uh you were excellent up there but why don't you describe for for the fans what was it like up there in in front of a large cast of audience members obviously a lot of them were adults some of them were administrators many of them were parents all of them were fans what was it like up there for a 10-year-old getting up in a you know, I mean, let's call it what it is, it, it's, it's a competition, it's an opportunity, it's a, it's a chance for you to demonstrate how you take a theme and a concept and how you actually communicate that, share that, engage people, inform them. Uh, how did you feel about all those wonderful, what I would say, intangibles that can become tangibles, that become life skills that will get you to a lot of big places?
0: Uh, well, uh, it was a great experience performing in front of, um, my, uh, classmates and my classmates' parents, and, um, you know, this is probably my first major public speaking, like, audience, um, and, uh, it was about, hmm, I I don't know how much people were in the audience, but, but it felt good, because it was, like, a major step ahead, because, you know, I had, I had the advantage of, you know, uh, obviously speaking before and, um, uh, with the podcast, I've grown my speaking voice. So, um, that's pretty, that's helped me a lot actually. And, um, that's why I think it went great.
1: Well, well done, man. Early fist bumps here in episode 42 for what you did. Uh, you were, you were excellent. Um, I'm, uh, we're so proud of you and, um, what I really liked Ashton is that you and I had a chance to chat after minutes after you you had your your big speech arts event and you you know um what's great is that you have this emerging standard of yourself and knowing that as we've talked about it on many episodes of Champs and Chums the great set of standard and uh i I know and you know you did well, but there were things that you felt you could have even tuned up,
0: yeah, I think um. On the outro, I kind of, uh, a little, like, mixed up the words a little bit, but, um, you know, I mean, there was things I could improve on, and, uh, hopefully next year, um, they could come out, uh, really fluid and clear.
1: Well, but you know what, You, you, you did excellent, like I said, uh, we're proud of you, and, uh. It's, um, it's amazing that I said, like uh, at your age and, and to see the stars on the stage, to get that kind of an opportunity to speak before an audience and, and, and engage them is, is an incredible life skill. So keep it going, my man. I think the stuff you got here on this project has been quite fantastic to help uh, you t- with that and uh, continued success in that wonderful field of speech arts. Well, listen, um, you know, it's, uh, it's February. We said it's the shortest month of the year. It's the biggest month of the year. It is actually a big month of the year when we think of um, red, right? Because, you know, it's, uh, it's Valentine's Day and such like that. And before we kind of get on to that theme, right, um, I wanted to, as we always do, Ashton, we have a lot of, uh, of favorite teams. But the biggest team wears red. They are in Peel. And they are uh, big and bold themselves. The Raptors nine oh five have been putting on a pretty impressive run. We were out at a few games earlier this month. How do you think they're playing?
0: Yeah, they're playing great. They have uh, really uh I think they could they could uh really win the G League title there and um with Coloco coming down a little bit, he's uh what is he like seven one? He's really tall and um yeah. I, I saw him in person, and um, he he's really good at defense, but
1: yeah, he
0: he can improve his shooting.
1: Well, I tell you, everybody, that that uh, first round selection by the Raptors is going to be some kind of player. He's it's kind of follows the strategy that Masai and Bobby are trying to do it to again stand out in a world of sort of outside shooting. They're trying to go big inside. There's a guy in Koloku, seven foot one. Got you can tell that he's got a lot of raw talent and. I actually think that the the G League and time down with the nine hundred five is going to do nothing but help his growth and development. Um, you know, a chance for you to probably play some bigger minutes in key situations. Uh, you know, with Coach K um, uh, leading the way. Uh, so shout out to a friend of the show, Coach Corey uh, uh, Eric Corey, uh, doing a fine job in his first year as head coach of the of the Raps. So that's his job, right? It's to work with guys, Ashton, like Christian Koloko. I mean, we got some two-way players as well, too, like uh, Jeff Dowton Jr. and uh, and uh, Ron Harper Jr. But uh, yeah, I I think Coloco's is going to be a a real great project to work on to grow and develop. I hope he's there when playoffs start in April. Um, I agree with you. I think the nine hundred five can make a pretty big run. Uh, they got such a solid cast. What was nice to see in the game that I went to uh, was that the bench started to pick up their play um but ashton was it was it was it january or was it earlier this month where you might have seen live and in play the dunk of the year by mr gabe brown mr downtown gabe brown was it this month
0: it was this month yes Um, you were
1: there actually i unfortunately missed that game
0: yes i was there um so
1: what was that like
0: oh my god he has a crazy dunk he went uh Un, under the legs uh windmill he was on a breakaway uh yeah like that's probably a dunk you probably wouldn't see unless you're in the dunk contest or unless you're watching the dunk contest uh that w- that just happened uh last weekend um I didn't I didn't watch much of the dunk contest but it I, I don't know it was probably good and um I think Gabe Brown had you know the best, the best dunk in the well, G, in G League history.
1: W- well, there you go with a hot take. Uh, b- b- best dunk in G League history. I would say he's the best uh, dancer uh, of all time.
0: Yeah, th- that man of can, all time. Yes, that
1: man can move. He can shake. It, th- this is what I encourage you to do, fans. If it doesn't matter if it's Blue Jays baseball, nine o five basketball, Toronto Maple Leaf hockey. Don't come to the seats minutes before puck drop or tip off or opening pitch get there early and you see the players you know you'll watch them perform you 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 hear them prepare you can see the laser focusness and but Mr. Gabe Brown to kind of take keep it light he kind of does a lot of dancing on the court to kind of get loose and he's uh, he's an entertaining guy and a great player as well too okay well Ashton um let's um well, so so let's from the court. Let's move to the silver screen, because this has kind of got a little bit of a sports analogy to it. Uh, you and I had the opportunity to uh, head to a theater, uh, fasten our seatbelts, and uh, watch a, a quarterback legend not only act but produce a show. Uh, sorry, movie. produce a, a movie, a feature film. Uh, tell them about what we what we went and what was your um. What is it? The Siskel and Ebert? The old back in the old days, they had the two guys that used to go the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Let's hear Ashton. You share with the fans the the flick we watched, and was it a thumbs up or a thumbs down?
0: Well, uh, this movie was just released, so some of you may have seen it. Some of you may have not. It's called Eighty for Brady. It's um a movie about um four um eighty year old women, um. I, I believe one seventy. Um.
1: Self-proclaimed seven, uh, seventy because she she actually uh, uh, corrected the jersey. Yeah. She scratched it out with like masking tape and she put seventy on it.
0: And uh, it's it's a great film. They they uh, they get tickets to go to the Super Bowl, but eventually they find out they're fake tickets when they try to go into the game, and. Um, I think, hmm, I forget how they. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, Cause, um, one of them, they they went up to a room and then they played a uh, poker, and uh, with with a guy like one of the guys there were choreographers for uh the dancers for the Super Bowl uh for the Super Bowl in twenty seventeen, and um he got, he got them in by, uh, by, uh, doing, make, uh, by doing a dance with his real backup dancers and, and, uh, and the, uh, uh, four eighty 80 or or 80 year old woman. And, uh, they got in, uh, and they watched the Super Bowl. They went from, uh, the nosebleed seats to the, uh, skybox. And, um, the best part of the movie was probably when uh one of the uh ladies talked to Tom Brady in the coordinators box where they uh call where they, where they tell uh Tom Brady uh all of those guys uh, what the what the plays are and um really it's just it's a great scene it's like she tells uh him that sixteen years ago she was doing her last round of chemo and that she never gave up and the one thing she saw after her last round of chemo was Tom Brady, the rookie coming out for his debut and um, you know, it like a week of watching Tom Brady turned into a season of watching Tom Brady. And um yeah, it's a really inspiring part and uh they won the Super Bowl. Uh,
1: yeah. So Ashton, you would give it the official thumbs up then? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was a cute movie myself. Uh, fans, as uh, many of you who know me well, I I'm not really a movie buff. It's not something I dedicate time to. But uh, yeah, I, I I found the movie quite uh, quite uh, sweet and cute, and it's almost like Golden Girls meeting The Hangover, to meeting Pretty in Pink, that that old movie with Richard Gere and Julia Roberts. Uh, it had some, that, that kind of like, uh, uh, theme and tone, but yeah, it was a great movie. So, uh, if you get a chance, check it out. Tom Brady makes his debut, um, not only as a, as a, as an actor, but a producer. And yeah. I, I think he did a pretty fine job and there's a legend there too. Okay. Good stuff, everybody. Well, um, so uh, yeah, it's the, it's the theme of, uh, of, of, of love, right? Uh, this month. And, uh, It's kind of going to be a bit of a love-in, I I thought, as well, too. Right, Ashton? Uh, Because we've got some really special segments coming up on the show.
0: Oh, yeah, Dad. And we uh, can't forget that um, for our free-for-all segment, we have two special guests coming up. And, um, Dad, do you want to tell um, the fans who's coming up?
1: Well, I would love to. You see, Ashton, how I pulled on that? We talked about love. I would love to because, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty special here in this uh, special month for me, uh, 50 years bold. Um, so Ashton and I installed a very special edition of our father-son free-for-all segment that's coming up very, very shortly here. We're going to be joined um, by my longest of longtime chums, the OGs, if you will my top line mates and uh so that's michael holsworth nicholas Balucas friendships that spanned 46 and 37 years respectively um they're going to be joining us here coming up in a matter of moments here on uh on champs and champs and chums so we're, we're so delighted to have them on the show and um I guess the other thing as well, too, Ashton, that makes this a bit special is you're kind of turning the tables on this whole best of segment.
2: Yes, I, I am. In, in
1: honor of me.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh, I thought I would uh, change it up a little bit and make you feel like you're me for for this interview.
1: Okay. So there you have it, everybody. Uh, Ashton called it. He's gonna honor his uh, his co-host. The, the man who turned 50 years bold is All-Star Dad. so check that out a little later in the program. It's a little different complexion. I'm not sure I'm ready for this, Ashton. like I mean, because we've had, as you know, some an outstanding collection of best of guests who I, I couldn't hold a candle to. but with you, I feel I can go pound for pound and shot for shot in, in that best of segment. So I'm looking forward to that a little later on on the show. Great stuff, Ashton. Hey, and Ashton, it's now time for our father-son free-for-all segment. And, uh, you know, Ashton, as you know, it's a very special occasion. It's a milestone month for your dad. It's 50 years bold. And I couldn't think of a more lovely and legendary way to bring in father-son free-for-all segment. You know, man, because we actually, we haven't had a lot of guests on this part of the show.
0: Yeah, that's correct.
1: It's correct. But we're changing that today, fans, because it's a milestone month, episode 42. And we're going to bring on some very, very special guests of your co-host here, your humble host. And it's uh, a friendships that span Ashton, if you can believe in listeners, listen to this over 46 years and 37 years, respectively. Ashton, what do you think about that?
0: Well, Dad, that's uh, pretty big, um, pretty big numbers there.
1: Well, it's huge numbers. It's impressive numbers. It's Hall of Fame numbers. And you know, when I think of these two chums, they go back right to the roots for your Dad, Ashton, your co-host. You know, they're the they're the OGs. They're my top line mates, Ashton. And you know, they're kind of like you know when you, you take it on the ice and you think of the Leafs, you think Marner, Nylander, to Matthews. And then you kind of take the Raptors example, Kyle to Freddie to Spicy P. These are what these two chums mean to your dad, uh, Ashton. So it's it's with great pleasure that I now bring on episode 42 of Champs and Chums, our biggest, our boldest of segment. Please to welcome to the show our chums Michael Holsworth and Nicholas Balukas. Gentlemen, thanks for joining Champs and Chums.
2: Thanks so much, uh, Double A and Ashton for having us on the show. Really excited to be here and join in the uh, 50 years bold uh, celebration uh, for you, Anthony. And it's just excited. I'm just so excited to be here.
3: Ashton and Anthony, I want to thank you for reaching out to me and inviting me onto this very special segment. and uh, And I truly appreciate and and applaud what you guys do for all the listeners and the viewers. And I, I'm a, I'm a fan and an avid listener, and I'm very uh, fortunate and blessed to be a part of this. So thank you very much for. Oh, inviting
1: me. that's great! Uh, and 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 boys, I mean, it, it's it's our pleasure. It, it's kind of like, you know, it's like that. You know, we we I know our our friendship spans so long and legendary, but I'm gonna pull up a song. It's like when 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 Lizzo says, "It's about damn time." It's about damn time we set up a segment for the three of us, right? to come up here on this father-son free-for-all segment. And we are grateful for the time you're giving us. And I especially, because there's just so much that uh, that color our, our friendship. And when I think about uh, champs and chums, is at the root of it. It's father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship. And having you guys join on the segments is, is absolutely amazing. All right, good stuff, gentlemen. And Ashton, you ready to go? Well, listen, you know what, everybody and fans... It is our month where it is about talking about love, Ashton, right? It's February, right? It's also talking about the legendary things of love. And so your champs and chums and your special guests here, Mike and Nick, have put some real thought, some great research in everybody into our rendition, our gold, silver, bronze selections for love inspired athlete names. So uh, Ashton, you ready to go?
0: Yeah, I'm super ready.
1: Well, I know my chums are ready to go here as well, too. So we're going to give them the honors, our special guests on the show, to go first. So uh, we'll start off with with Uncle Mike. Uh, All of 46, over 46 years that I've known him, ladies and gentlemen. Uncle Mike, why don't you share your bronze for love-inspired athlete names? Well, thanks, Double A and Ashton.
2: So uh, for my bronze for love-inspired athlete names... I'm going with Rose Namajunas. Now, for some of the listeners, they might be uh, unfamiliar with Rose Namajunas, but she is um, the two-time two-time strawweight UFC champion. Um, She's ranked number four pound for pound uh, in the UFC rankings uh, in the female division. She's a fantastic in ring performer, very disciplined. Her nickname is Thug Rose, and so for my bronze, love inspired name, the irony is overwhelming. Thug Rose Nama Yunus.
1: Oh, a great one there, everybody and uh, and gang. Uh, Rose Nama Eunice, He had the the enunciation down as well too. Now, may I actually think you actually take, could take a run at uh, at Bruce Buffer's job uh, there, uh, a one.
2: <laughs> I, I could try. I don't know if I got the flashy suit though.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, you got our vote. That's for sure. So that is uh, Mike's uh, bronze medal. Everybody for love inspired athlete names. That's UFC grappler, and she's quite an athlete here, uh, Rose Namajunas. Good stuff. All right, over over to over to Uncle Nick for his bronze medal for love inspired athlete names. Take it away. I could go, I could spend the next 10 minutes listening to you guys say her name. <laughs> That's right. It sounds good here on Champs and Chums Radio, right? And, and 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 may we congratulate and welcome you to the program now Mr. Belukas. And and so fans just so you know over 37 years I had an opportunity to me- to meet uh, Nick and this was at Charles Gordon. And, and you know here we are having so much fun already. I, I, we didn't get a chance to sort of talk about how we all connected and met, but yeah, Charles Gordon, grade seven. That's how we met. Um, and and it's been, it's been just, uh, it's been, it's, it's been a bunch of fun uh, for years and years and years, but I, I digress everybody. It's now time for uncle Nick to share his bronze medal for love inspired athlete names.
3: Well, Davis Love the third. I can think of no one better, uh, in terms of the name and how, you see it on the screen, it resonates with you. The name alone suggests that it's someone who, you know, it it resonates the word, the adjective to describe that, which is, you know, love, especially in a month like uh, February. So, you know, here's an, here's an individual who's won more than 20 PGA events and he's been, you know, ranked pretty much in and around the top 10. So he's, he was always somebody who drew a lot of, um, a lot of interest when you're watching the last, two days of golf especially to see where you know they where they'll end up in the final standing so uh that name to me <clears throat> said uh said that was at least a bronze worthy of a bronze medal
1: well that's a great selection there chum uh, uh that's right 21 events for davis love everybody he won a pga championship in 1997 Won the players championship in ninety two and two thousand and three and you know all this talk about uh, about golf here uh, you know makes me think about all the fun Ashton I know you and I have had a chance to kind of grow our our love for the sport of golf, but uh, you know your your, uh, your champs and chums here uh, uh, uncle Mike, uncle Nick, and myself have had some really fun uh, moments out on the uh, on the golf course, so uh geez, i'm what was the lot la- was it uh, lowville lowville it might have been one of the the last ones we went to uh,
3: low lowville had that orchestra orchestral sound in the background when you hit a ball and <laughs> made a that, kind of a clunk look like myself
1: no that no actually no that with that lowville no that was the one gentleman that was the one in markham i thought no it was a, it was at scarborough where you were playing like the bells of st mary when you're yeah. when you're teeing off at number 6 dun, 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 dun. do you remember that Everyone. mike mike what, what's the name of that <laughs> golf course
2: All I'm going to say is Lowville doesn't represent my score. It should have been called Highville. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh
1: All right, great stuff. Well, that's Nick's uh, bronze medal. Davis Love the third. Over to uh, Ashton. Save us here on this segment. It's been off to a rousing, a record breaking start. It's up to you, my man, to keep it going. Who's your bronze medal for love inspired athlete names?
0: Well, my bronze medal is Corey Hart.
1: Now, hold on a second. Let's dial it back here, right? Because your champs and chums again, Uncle Mike, Uncle Nick, we know a Corey Hart. Gentlemen, is this the Corey Hart?
2: He got Rickrolled, but for Corey Hart, though.
1: That's right. <laughs> he got Rickrolled. <laughs> Ashton? Yeah. What so was the wrong
2: <laughs> song?
1: No, but gentlemen, you remember it must have been grade seven or eight, all those dances. Corey Hart. Uh, what were some of these songs here, uh, Balucas? Help me out. Uh, uh n- never Sun- surrender
3: sunglasses sunglasses night never surrender, a
1: night, mm-hmm. never surrender. Uh, uh i can't help falling in love with you <laughs> what what an amazing what an amazing selection ashton hold on a second are you telling me it's not that cory hart
0: no it's not that cory hart he's a baseball player ah
1: sorry ashton carry what? on
0: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> all those all those hominins i tell you I that's just...
1: right <laughs> Okay, Ashton, you tell you tell us about Corey Hart, the baseball player.
0: So Corey Hart uh, is uh, he was a right fielder, and he batted right and th- he threw right. His MLB debut was May twenty fifth, two thousand and four, for the Milwaukee Brewers, and his last MLB appearance was June twenty first, twenty fifteen, for the Pittsburgh Pirates. His MLB statistics were batting average point. 271 home runs 162 and runs batted in 538.
1: Gentlemen, uh, what do you think about that one? This Corey Hart.
2: I think it's a fantastic choice. A Great bronze medalist for the segment.
3: Nick, uh, I like the fact that the guy doesn't wear his sunglasses at
2: night. Rather, out in the
3: field to play. That's it. right.
1: What a performer he is! Because even if he did wear <laughs> his sunglasses at night, what a performer he was. That's Corey Hart, everybody. Ashton's bronze medal for and love. he will
3: never surrender,
1: and he'll never <laughs> surrender. And uh, and what was that? there was another one too. Uh, uh, something about Eura- Eurasia or eyes in Africa or was? Am I thinking a toad oak, gentlemen? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's (laughs) Toto. No, no, actually, Eurasian Eyes. There's a song, everybody, Eurasian Eyes by Corey Hart. Uh, Ashton, what do you think about Corey Hart, the singer?
0: Uh, I haven't listened to his music much, but I think he's pretty good. I'd say.
1: All right. Well, you got it on good authority here from your uh, your champs and chums on on these side of the microphones here that Corey Hart, the singer, may actually give Corey Hart, the baseball player, a run for his money. Okay, everybody. It's over to Dad for my uh, bronze medal for athlete inspired, um, love inspired athlete names. And so, you know what? In this time of love, I would think that, um, you know, retail is very busy. But on Valentine's Day, everybody. The most busiest of places is actually in these shops where you can buy flowers. That's right, everybody. My bronze medal for love-inspired athlete names is Brandon Flowers. That's right, gentlemen. At the time of this recording, Brandon Flowers almost celebrated his his birthday. He's a February 18th baby. He's a former uh, uh, NFL uh, cornerback, and he was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. In the second round of the 2008 NFL draft. Well, listen, shout out, gentlemen, to the Kansas City Chiefs. So at the time of this recording, just just about two weeks ago, won their their uh, their their next second. Super Bowl. That's right, their second Super Bowl title. Want to throw over the call now to uh, to Uncle Mike and Uncle Nick for their thoughts on the Kansas City Chiefs. Not Brandon Flowers on the team, but the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Thoughts, gentlemen.
2: Well, it was a very entertaining game. Uh, enjoyed watching it. Uh, the last <laughs> couple of minutes were a uh, little anticlimactic, but it was a back-and-forth game. I thought it was really good, and congratulations to Kansas City and, of course, uh, to some of the fans out there, listeners out there, congratulations to the rest as well for winning the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> Nick, what are your thoughts? Did you get a chance to watch the game? Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, I watched it in español, so I got a chance to appreciate the level of enthusiasm from yes. the commentators. It was really good. No goal in their in their announcements, <laughs> but definitely very very entertaining match, a uh, game rather. And um, you know, uh, it came down to a couple of plays, and that's usually how these how these championships are decided in these types of um, in, 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 with the stakes are this high. And I think um, it was it was fitting. Either team could have won. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Kansas City did what they had to do, and they did uh, they did it that much better. Um, and they were these two teams were the best in their conferences. So I think uh, either way. Uh, it was a win for, regardless of the fact that you know Andy, Andy Reid said there was no winner, there was no loser. Both teams deserve to win. And he was right, but unfortunately, there has to be someone who can't, who doesn't win. And uh, Kansas City did a great job.
1: What scintillating analysis here on champs and chums, everybody! I, I want to bring Mike into this conversation after hearing that in-depth analysis from from Nicholas Belucas. I mean, are you going after Al Michaels' job or something like that? Because that was outstanding. Uh, Uncle Mike care to have a take on that?
2: Well you know what I think uh, I think Uncle Nick is really good uh, in his uh, vernacular and certainly uh, his uh, his Spanish is e- exceptional and I <laughs> uh, for many different reasons and uh, but yeah no I, I think it's a great take on the game it was a back and forth game uh, um, uh, certainly Uncle Nick is very comfortable on the microphone well he sure is right for- I-, I forgot the preface that that was chat GBT with my voice
1: well that was chat <laughs> that's right. All, all this all this artificial intelligence stuff. I don't even know if I'm talking to these guys that I've known for so long. Ashton? Yeah. You know, it could be very well a reasonable facsimile here, but nonetheless, Uncle Nick, you, you know, with all this talk that's that's coming back to the airwaves here at Champs and Chums, I think that what we should have done if this thing this podcast thing was ever uh, even an idea, we should have broadcasted some of the games that Mr. Witkowski was coaching of the volleyball team. <laughs> no comment all right we'll we'll move on everybody okay good stuff we're now gonna actually turn our medal winning performances everybody from bronze to silver so it's back over uh onto the uh onto the podcast and the broadcast booth to uncle mike for his silver.
2: Yeah, so uh, when uh, you asked me to join the podcast and the theme was love, uh, the first name that popped to my head was Freddie Couples. Um, and and I'm, I'll explain a little bit of why, of why, but first I want to talk about his accomplishments. He's a World Golf Hall of Fame member and a former world number one uh, uh, ranked player. He has won uh, 64 PGA tournaments, including the Masters. And the Players' Championship twice. Um, he's nicknamed Boom Boom and um, Mr. Skins because he performed. Sorry, you, really did well you say up- Boom Boom? Boom Boom for oh. his long drives. Okay. Um, long, straight, accurate drives, and also Mr. Skins because he was very good at winning skins and performing under pressure. Um, so when we think about love, we think about couples, but a uh, reason why I picked. Freddie Couples is actually because he was my grandma's favorite golfer. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and I just, uh, so when you talked about this, Freddie Couples popped into my mind and it makes me think of my grandma and all the fun memories I had golfing with her. Um, so uh, my silver medalist is Freddie Couples.
1: Wow. What, what an excellent sele- selection.
3: Uh, for Double A. Just keep in note that that starts with a B, not with a P. All right. What the what's boom, that? Boom. Oh right. the boom, boom boom. Oh that's right. right, that's right.
2: Not with a P. Th- a that
3: that's
1: right. We we gotta get we gotta we always make sure yeah. we're accurate on the details here on champs boom, and chums, boom. gentlemen. That's so right. there but go. there's so many boom booms that I had to just I had to just separate it because there's Ray boom, boom, Mancini, right guys. There's, um, boom, boom
3: Jeffrey, the boom,
1: boom, on. Jeffrey on. So thanks for pointing that out there, uh, uh Nicholas. And, uh, so, so, well, 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 Mike, first of all, what an amazing golfer he is, but that story. And, you know, I was blessed to, uh, to, to share uh multiple and many experiences with Ruby. So, uh, you know, I know we, we all think of her fondly and, uh, God rest her soul. And, uh, I know uh there's there were some really beautiful um rounds that we all had over at uh over at the uh the uh the Cedar Bray golf course there.
2: Yep, we, we did and uh, fun memories and uh yeah so uh Freddie Couples was uh, popped right into my mind.
1: That's right. And I guess now uh Freddie Couples um I, I I guess he's still playing in some senior senior championship tour events and such, but uh that's right everybody. Thank you. Yeah, so sixty four professional turn. uh he's won sixty four professional tournaments, most notably the Masters, as I believe was mentioned in ninety two. Players championship eighty four and ninety six. That's Freddie Couples, Mike's uh silver medal here on, on Champs and Chums Father Son free for all segment. Now over to Nick for his silver medal.
3: Take it away. Oh, that's me. Okay. So <clears throat> Greg the Hammer Valentine is a name that either you if, if you follow wrestling and specifically back in the day you know there was um, there were certain nicknames associated with some wrestlers that was very synonymous uh, and and his was one because you know he had that that the hammer where he you know had a particular way in which he 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 hit people or he was you know he was wrestling with people and so he he got that nickname based on the way in which he wrestled but this is a guy who um, did it for almost 50 years I believe over five decades and actually his name specifically is Jonathan Wisniewski and I know I've seen I've seen a lot of documentaries and biographies on wrestlers and um, this particular one individual, he uh, he actually wrestled in uh, Stu Hart's um, uh, whole, uh, in his, not his dungeon, but in his training facility. That's right. World-class. World yeah. yeah. World-class so facility. He, along yeah. with the Hart family, he knew Stu. And so um, if you want it to be the best at your craft, that's pretty much where everybody went. And you also tolerated a lot of pain. So what they have nowadays for academies and ways in which to do wrestling, this is very old school, and, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine was successful both individually and as and as a tag team partner with Brutus Beefcake Brutus the Barber until he became the barber. When he went when he went solo, he became a barber and he had those pants and those tassels and stuff. But while it was Brutus and and Greg Valentine, they were they were they were a wonderful team to watch, and they had you know the British Bulldogs and um, <clears throat> and the Hard Foundation. Those were a lot of the teams that we as then you know kids and teenagers definitely resonated with but uh greg the hammer valentine he didn't show a lot of love in the ring but he was definitely uh his name was you know valentine i mean that tells you a lot about you know not only the month we're in but um you know synonymous with somebody who has a name that's associated with love
1: oh that's a great selection that's nick silver medal he wasn't uh, this wrestler wasn't uh breaking hearts he was breaking arms and in probably the squared circle and you know it brings me back gentlemen right i mean you know, with all us growing up through childhood and such, I mean, wrestling was was a part of things that we watched. Like, I mean, I'm thinking of things like when we were growing up. You know, we would all like 11:30 at night when the main event was. What would they call it? A Saturday night main event.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Those yep, kinds that's correct. Of, yep.
3: Yeah. It was the show. It was the one you knew that it was going to be on. That one moment of the year they didn't have a lot but it was it was it was the equivalent to what you know pay-per-view is now where you got a chance to stay up really late at night and they were going to show it on cable tv for free otherwise you had to pay tickets and go watch it in an arena
1: yeah and i mean this i mean jeez i mean this again there's so much history between us fans right uh the the, us line mates here that i remember we we'd pop in to go to like a jumbo video boys and you know, be like a Friday after school or stuff like that. And, and whether it be wrestling videos, well, it was mostly wrestling videos, right? Uh, not into the romantic comedies kind of thing. We'd, we'd select a wrestling video, watch that stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, wrestling, again, a big part of a childhood and growing up and, 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 and uncle Mike, I seem to remember by way back, way, way back on episode seven, of champs and chums uh, you, you shared a story about uh, some kind of a brush with the macho man, Randy Savage. Uh, did, did, did I get that right? Did I get that right? Yes,
2: you, you did. Uh, so as you know, Anthony, we played soccer for years together. And uh, me and uh, Greg Thompson and I believe Chris Hodder, we went down to uh, Maple Leaf Gardens to see uh, WWF at the time, now WWE. And I remember standing over uh, where the players would come out, but in this case, it's the wrestlers. And the Macho Man came out first, and then Miss Elizabeth was obviously walking behind him. And I reached over to try to grab Miss Elizabeth's hair, and I remember the Macho Man spinning around and pointing up to me, at least I thought he was pointing to me, and giving me uh, the finger, telling me not to touch Miss Elizabeth which I clearly <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> could not reach and I was scared because he was a big man and uh, but anyways that's my little brush with the macho man well yeah, Ooh, so yeah, let's let's
1: brother. yes brother and the, let's bring let's bring Nick into this conversation because he he just recounted this story from many years mm-hmm. ago We're hearing it again here in episode forty-two of Champs and Chums. Uh, Any take on that? I mean, did he handle the situation correctly back in the day there?
3: Well, boys, do you know Randy's last name and his brother who wrestled in in uh, WWF?
2: No. Uh, Poffo.
3: Right. So Randy Poffo. Poffo. Oh, Poffo. Yes. And then his brother was a poet, and he had he had that 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 shtick or that gimmick where he would read poetry and and they were brothers but nobody really knew and uh, the biography of Randy Poffo is one that has a lot to do with his brother being involved and how him and Elizabeth separated and got a divorce and then he went with um with one of the lady wrestlers in uh, in and in um in the other uh, in the other wrestling uh, show and, uh, and what his challenges uh, with mental health and addiction for Randy Poffel and steroids ultimately. And, yeah. And, um, well, you know, yeah. You know, you were so talking was, about was,
1: this and you're bringing it for a uh, uh, sort of uh, yeah. full circle in the squared, squared mat here, but uh, yes. I didn't, uh, did I read this correctly that just even earlier this month at the time of this recording, gentlemen, that, that leaping Lanny Poffel passed away. Did I, did I hear that right?
3: I believe so. I believe yeah, he passed away. Uh, a lot of wrestlers don't live past thirty. So I know until forty. So I the know fact that, uh, the fact that the fact that the Popples lived into their fifties was amazing. But yeah, I think he passed away.
1: Okay, so good stuff, everybody. That. Well, that was a great selection there by uh, by uh, Nicholas. There, it's a silver medal. It's Greg the Hammer Valentine, and some great stories there of chumship. Uh, between this trio and uh, Ashton I'm going to turn it over to you now my man because you've got a a very good uh, a sparkling silver medal for uh, for love inspired athlete names take it away
0: my silver medal is Carter Hart
1: well what a great you went from heart to heart actually gentlemen wasn't there a show that was called heart to heart back in the day when we grew up (laughs) I don't know (laughs)
3: In the eighties.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was the eighties. That's right. So anyways, Ashton, I digress. You went you went from Corey Hart and then you're you're breaking hearts again here with Carter Hart. Tell tell the fans and, and tell us about Carter Hart.
0: Well, his position is a goaltender, he catches left, his uh, NHL team is the Flyers, his national team is Canada, and uh in the Olympics, uh in the world championships in Slovakia, he won uh silver. In 2017 in Canada, he won a silver. New York, he won a gold. And Czech Republic and Slovakia, he won a gold as well. So um, Carter uh, Carter Hart, great goalie. And uh, we saw him on the next-gen game that we went to.
1: That's right. Your champs and chums were down just pre-Christmas over at the next-gen game. And it was a great... uh... A great win for the Leafs. Carter Hart's definitely played well. He's a great young goaltender. And uh, yeah, I want to turn it over to my champs and chums, Mike and Nick here, because there's a sport. We played many sports together uh, during our youth and and such. And uh, um, I'd be remiss, gentlemen, if I didn't get a a chance to talk to you about our, our love for hockey. I know Belukas will soon and shortly talk about his love for a certain team that wasn't the Leafs. So we'll let him do that first. And then, Uncle Mike, maybe we'll talk about our love for the Leafs. So uh, go ahead, uh, Uncle Nick.
3: My love for hockey. Absolutely. I always loved hockey. And I've always loved, um, you know, uh, not, it was limited back in the day. You, you, had your, you had the Leafs broadcast. They played twice a week. And if you wanted to hear them, you know, away from... If you wanted to, you know, catch away games, it had to happen on the radio. And they used to play the games on the radio and used to listen to the play-by-play announcer back then. Um, I, I was always an Islanders fan. Um, at the time that I was watching hockey, they were probably the best team. And, and sometimes you kind of gravitate to that. And um, some of the some of the championships and, and the fact that they were very successful back then. Um, and, and I've never... Never wavered. Um, no matter how terrible they were, they went through. The, they went through point periods in time where they were as bad, if not worse, than the Leafs. Um, and, uh, and and you know, for me, it's a lot to do with how you know you stick with a team through the good and the bad. And they've just only recently become that much more relevant and that much better than they've ever been. So um, my my love for the game. I mean, I I would love to see a Canadian team win the Stanley Cup anytime soon, but. You know, at the rate that it's going, the the ratio of American to Canadian teams doesn't look very, you know, doesn't look like a very good chance, but you never know. They're, um, we've got some pretty, we've got some contenders that are playing this year that I think will, will, you know, challenge for the Stanley Cup.
1: Well, I know he's a big Islander fan and, uh, you know, just reminiscent about so many great, uh, ball hockey games we used to play in the back at, uh, whether it be Charles Gordon with Nick and uh, uh, even high school at Winston Churchill and then Mike Lord Roberts and working our way up to those two schools we mentioned. But let's shift gears here now over to to, to Uncle Mike, right? Because uh, I know you're a big Leaf fan and uh, uh, memories of that, memories of hockey. I know you played organized hockey as well too. And then obviously, how do you think the blue and white are going to fare as we we get ready for hopefully a long run, fans, uh, in April?
2: Yeah, sure. I'd just like to, well... In terms of the New York Islands, I just want to say uh, Uncle Mick will uh, debate anybody uh, that Mike Bossy is one of the, if not the greatest, goal scorer of all time, um, and he can quantify that statistically on some level, uh, too, and Mike Bossy was a fantastic uh, player, and I always appreciated uh, Uncle Mick uh, talking about that with me over the years. Um, uh, as a hockey, and just another thing, it makes it sound so old too when he makes reference to uh, uh, listening to stuff on the radio. He's, I'm not too sure some of the listeners know what a radio actually is <laughs> That's these <right>. days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for, from a Leaf fan point of view, you know, uh, you're not a Leaf fan unless you uh, endure the suffering over the uh, decades. From Harold Ballard and his bunker in Maple Leaf Gardens um, um, to today, where we can't seem to get out of the first round. It's a struggle. But I think this year we got a little bit of a better team if we can bring in some more leadership as we've been doing, if we can maybe focus a little bit on uh, uh, defense and goaltending. I think we have uh, uh, have the ability to score goals. It's just if we have that grit and defense to get through. like, like Nick, always cheer for the Canadian teams, uh, even though I'm a traditionally a Leaf fan. But I love to see a Canadian team uh, win the Stanley Cup wherever possible. I think uh, fans up here in Canada certainly do appreciate it. It's part of our heritage, although it's not our national sport. It's part of our heritage growing up uh, being a hockey fan. And uh, yeah, so hopefully a Canadian team and hopefully it's the Leafs that make it far this year
1: great stuff gentlemen i i can tell like maybe this actually uh is is not the only podcast you've been on maybe you've been on other sports podcasts because the insight the analysis the the depth of coverage here from you two has been just amazing here tonight at the time of this recording of champs and chumps good stuff everybody well dad's going to round out the silver medal selections and uh gentlemen you know let's bring it back to focus here it is love inspired athlete names and i know that we're a podcast and we've got our loyal listenership that uh, listens to father son fun talk about sports life and friendship every month here on champs and chums but it's time to actually bill bring a little bit of a nice fragrance to this podcast show it's time to bring a nice aroma, everybody, and and in the spirit of love, <laughs> I'm gonna move from the hockey arena in onto the baseball diamond because actually this is a double play day here, gentlemen, around the t- around the broadcast booth because my silver medal for love inspired athlete names is Bartolo Cologne. That's right, Cologne. You pick your fragrance. It's all important. It's well spent this time of the year. Here with Valentine's Day. Um, And I say it's a double play day, guys, because Bartolo Colon's nickname is the Big Sexy. That's right, everybody. Bartolo Colon, the Big Sexy, was a former uh, professional baseball player. He played for, get this, uh, gentlemen, 11 different Major League Baseball teams. He starred for the Cleveland Indians. He played for the Montreal Expos. Uh, we can go on and on and on. Um, he won the American League Cy Young Award uh, with the Angels in 2005. Um, and and uh, get this one here, everybody. In 2016, Colon was 42 when he became the oldest player to hit his first career home run. So this gives uh, a lot of uh, hope and inspiration on this special 50 years bold episode That if Bartolo can do it, if he can smell so sweet, if he's the big sexy, then we all can do it. That's my silver medal, Bartolo Cologne. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, around the broadcast table, thoughts?
2: Well, I think uh, Bartolo Cologne is one squirt of Traquard Noir short of being a Winston Churchill alumni.
1: That's right. Or Paco Rabin or what are some of the other ones, gentlemen?
2: Uh, was, uh, there was eternity back in the day. I, I think
1: Balucas has still got some of that uh, around the, uh, you know, the uh, the vanity area to, uh, his, his, ha- his humble abode.
3: Interestingly enough, with Bartolo Colon, you'd think his name would be spelled with a G and an N and an E. That's right. But if anybody else reads his, well, name, yeah, that doesn't uh, necessarily mean Colon, yeah, yeah, that's understand. true. But, that's a whole other kind of love. Well, this is a family Network.
1: podcast, and so we we took it we took it on the up and up, if you will, gentlemen. There you go. There there it is, uh, the silver medal, Bartolo Cologne. That's Cologne. That, that's right. That's right, that's Bart, Bartolo Cologne, silver medal. Oh, Good ball. stuff, everybody. Okay, gentlemen, we're coming down to the short strokes here. It's time to stand up on this uh, on this big episode, this fifty years bold episode with. My longtime champs and chums, my OGs, Mike, Nick, my forever chum, Ashton here. It's gold medal time, gentlemen. So we're going to turn it over to Uncle Mike to unveil his gold medal.
2: So my gold medal here is nicknamed The Flower. He's a Montreal Canadian all-time great and was famous for his long-flowing hair and booming slap slapshot. I'm going with my gold medalist Guy Lafleur. Now, for those who didn't get the opportunity to see Gilafer play, he was just a natural out there on the ice. Didn't follow any patterns of play or any script out there. He, his heart beat to his own drum, and he just moved around the ice with such grace and amazing talent. He is a five-time Stanley Cup champion, three-time Art Ross trophy winner, two-time... Uh, Sorry, three-time Art Ross Trophy winner, two-time Hart Trophy winner, Conn Smythe winner in 1977. He's had over 500 goals, over 700 assists. Um, But do you know why I picked him, Uh, listeners out there on the Champs and Chums? I picked him because he wore number 10, and he wore number 10, and that is double A. That's double A's favorite number. And I remember Anthony wearing Gila Fleur jerseys as
1: a young wow. child. You
2: know, so I, I I'm often... am
1: Well, I tell you, that, that is so special. That's so memorable that you remember. And that goes to show you, everybody, how long... I mean, both of my chums I've known, and, and, and Mike, I mean, over 46 years. And I'm so... It's so special that you remember that, because off air, before you guys came on to the show for the segment... I said to Ashton, when we looked at uh, some of these great selections by you chums, I think, I wonder if Uncle Mike actually remembers that. And, and so he does. And so he did. But, you know, we, we talked a little bit of how uh, Nick and I uh, connected uh, way back in the day. But, Mike, why don't you just regale the listenership a little bit on how we met back in the day?
2: Um Okay, so uh, I guess the statute of limitations means that I'm not going to sue anymore. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> me and <laughs> me and Anthony met, and uh, I believe it was kindergarten. It could have been junior kindergarten. I'm not too sure which one. And uh, out on the junior kindergarten recess. Yeah, junior kindergarten out on the playground at recess, like uh, all boys and girls go out and play. And back in the day, we had a a little thing called stompers. They were a little truck with big foam wheels, and they were battery-powered, and they would just drive over stuff. Well, Uncle Anthony broke my stopper. He stepped on it. Now, he would say it was by accident, and I would say maybe he did it on purpose, but I'm pretty sure it's an accident. But I remember I got mad and then uncle Anthony pushed me and we've been friends ever since.
1: Well, you know, and uncle, uncle Nick has heard that story many times and it seems to just keep getting better and better. Like, I mean, it yeah. almost seems like maybe I came off the top rope from that sandbox. Right. And well, I'm pretty
2: sure, I'm pretty sure there was a big pile <laughs> of sand that you just gave the Greg, the hammer album. Greg, the hammer
1: Valentine move. That's right. Well, yeah, that, thanks for sharing that story with the listeners and, uh, yeah, so many memories with you guys for sure, and uh, what a great one that is. That's uh, Mike's gold medal, Guy Lafleur, and he's right. What, what, what a player he was, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, uh, scored 50 goals in six consecutive seasons, as well as 50 goals and 100 points in six consecutive seasons. So there's Mike's gold medal uh, to close off his selections. We'll now turn it over to Nick for, to unveil his gold medal.
3: He's looking to uh, get into another segment, Thanks. Let's see. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, Kevin Love uh, is, is a gold medal for me. It's, it's um, you know, he's, he's somebody that a lot of the young people can resonate with for the NBA. Uh, and Kevin Love is a very underrated player. He provides a lot of different intangibles, not just perimeter shooting, but he is, he's an option for superstars when they're looking to dribble and penetrate and create. Offense within a team is that he is an option or an outlet um, in terms of drawing, drawing defenders away from him to be able to perim- shoot from the perimeter. So I think he, you know, he he is that weapon that although he's not fancy and flashy, what he provides is that that alternative for a superstar to dish or to hand off the ball uh, for the purposes of either a perimeter shot or a three-point shot. So he he was he's an integral part. Of uh, of any team's success, and so you know his name happening to be Love in February kind of coincides with uh, with this uh, gold gold medal choice of mine.
1: Well, it it is it is a fitting gold medal. That's Kevin Love, and I think there's this these rumors of him actually at the time of this recording, uh, uh, Nick, that he's, he's actually is he going to resign with the team or because I know he's been battling uh, was it injuries and such, but. Um...
3: Yeah, he's battling with injuries, and I think he's uh, he he's been touted by either um, Celtics. That's or, right. Or the uh, I can't remember which other team, but I think the Celtics is a team that's a possibility for him to sign. Um, and he was released by uh, Cleveland, so they're no longer obligated uh, any further. He was bought out rather, so that's he's right. free and clear as a uh, unrestricted free agent or a um, somebody. To somebody that can be uh, he can be signed by anything
1: and listeners and fans i i i caught uh, uncle nick's um uh pun there right he's being courted by uh, by by two top teams right they're looking to make a push go deep and uh you know uh through all the years all, all 37 of them uncle nick was amazing at the puns him and i are the best of Three's Company fans, but I want to bring it back to basketball because Ashton, <laughs> uh, of all the sports that Uncle Nick and I played together, and Uncle Mike, Uncle Nick was probably the best basketball player of the three of us. I mean, he played on the Churchill team. He was a great guard, had a great shot. I mean, uh, you remember those 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 days back in the day, uh, Balucas?
3: Basketball, yeah, and and basketball. I wasn't necessarily the tallest, but I, I just I just enjoyed. I enjoyed everything about it, and I had a basketball hoop in my up up against my uh, my uh, my garage, so I had the ability to play and shoot and practice away from school. So I, I really enjoyed it um, a lot, and it, it helped that I had a basket. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone to. To, to look for a basketball, uh, sorry, a basketball hoop um, in any of the schoolyards because they usually didn't have any netting. So it was kind of like you wouldn't know if the ball went in or not. But I was lucky in a sense. The house I lived in had a had a net back then.
1: Well, I tell you, you were a great player, man. I mean, honestly, like you were probably one three-pointer away from playing on the Greek national team. Uh, that's my assessment. Uncle Mike, <laughs> cared to weigh in? <clears throat>
2: Well, I think uh, in all honesty, Uncle Nick was a natural athlete and so he was. Uh, yes, he was by far yeah. by far the the best basketball player between the three of us. I'd be lucky if I hit the wall but the net was on. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> He you know, when Uncle Mike came to play basketball, he brought his hockey gloves. I I'm just not Great. sure. I'm not sure why so I dropped
2: them every time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead just, i i know just, i know uncle nick wants to weigh in here on this that we've got some good currency going as always
3: there's a difference between screening and body checking <laughs> yeah the yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> he brought the gloves out onto the court
2: okay. Okay, yeah. i was never little good, little good with uh, english definitions
1: you know what hey nick you know i remember and I, I think mike might have been a spectator of the game mm-hmm. i was a bench player on churchill's basketball team and, and, and nick played more minutes than i did but you remember uh boys one of the best basketball players on that Churchill team was one Alistair Tullock. Yeah. And 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 Nick, you got to you you you, you got to tell me you remember the game when Alistair was so like into the game, like I mean he was all hands, he was all feet, footwork, finesse, great shot, great natural athlete just like you. But he went the wrong way. He took the ball <laughs> the wrong way on the court. Do you remember the story?
3: Uh, so Alistair he got a rebound and
1: yeah, that's he, right.
3: He was so excited because he got it because he really wanted to dunk. Yeah, that's so, right. He, he saw that, and it happened in an area where he got confused, after about just about half court. And so he kind of lost he, he lost the the ability to understand which way was the <laughs> basket. General's Mike, this is a, a true rebound. story. What I'm happened? not
1: sure if you were in the game, but, my, but Nick and I, obviously, were on the team, and I, I'm watching it from the, the bench. Way. And he went the and other Mr. way.
3: And Mr. Wood got excited. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> And started yelling at I never saw Wood get excited, but he yeah, was uh, yelling at him. And M- everybody, Mr. everybody thought we were cheering him. And he was telling him the wrong way. Mr. Wood,
1: Mr. Wood, our coach, and again, God rest his soul. What a wonderful man. What a wonderful leader yeah. he was. But uh, Nick is bang on. He was the most cerebral guy that you would ever meet. I mean, if he got mad... I don't. I, I. wouldn't have seen any kind of, a, you know, furrowed eyebrow, no raising of voice, nothing. But, anyways, I'm glad that you recounted that story, man, because yeah. it was so vivid. I remember I got up off the bench, and we were all saying, "He stole the ball. Go, Alistair. Go, Alistair. Go." And then we found out he was going the wrong. We said, "No, Alistair. No, Alistair. No." <laughs> So no I, go. Ah, who
3: cares?
1: <clears throat> I know. Anyways, thanks for yeah. re- recounting that story. Uh great memories again. Um Ashton, why wh- what do you weigh in on all this? You hear all this great lore and legend that we're talking about for like it's o- it's o- it's over forty years here, man.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I'm all um probably one of the best basketball players in my class, actually. Uh um, wasn't
1: Alistair, was it? No, it can't be Alistair. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, go ahead, Ashton. Um,
0: I'm really good at shooting threes. I think that's my best ability, shooting threes, passing.
1: Yeah, you are an awesome player, man. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Well, you have to, you'll have to show uh, uh, Uncle Nick and Uncle Mike the next time we get together uh, sort of how you can, you can drain those. Because, gentlemen, he's, uh, he's improving that skill.
3: Good stuff, Ashton. you find something you love, keep doing it. As long as you have fun, it's all that matters. Good stuff.
1: Okay, gentlemen. We'll we'll keep moving here. Ashton, speaking of Ashton, Ashton, it's now time to unveil your gold medal selection. And you got a dandy. Take it away.
0: My gold medal is Rob Deer. Oh, that's
1: kind of a nice term of endearment. Did you say deer? What what do you mean by deer, actually? In In this month of love.
0: Let's say you write a love letter on Valentine's Day and you say, my dear.
1: That's right. G- gentlemen, you know, we've all been there. Right, gentlemen? Uh, you know, through the years and, and such and some, uh, I, I think all of us have struck some, back in the school days, some pretty lovely lore when it comes to sort of, you know, uh, uh, dear, dear, dear letters.
3: As long as your
1: name's not John, the, as long as it's things. not Dear John letters, I think it's good. <laughs> so or Abby, or Dear Abby. Dear Abby, and that's how can I forget Dear Abby? Sorry, Ashton, we're going down memory lane here. Ashton, why don't you tell us more about Rob Deere?
0: Well, Rob Deere, is—he was a right fielder, and he batted right and he threw right. His MLB debut was September fourth, nineteen eighty four, for the San Francisco Giants, and his last MLB appearance was August fifth, nineteen ninety six, for the San Diego Padres. His MLB statistics were: his batting average was point two hundred and twenty, home runs two hundred and thirty, and runs batted in six hundred. And um the teams he's played on the the San Francisco Giants, Milwaukee Brewers, Detroit Tigers, Boston Red Sox, uh Hanshin Tigers and the San Diego Padres. Yeah,
1: he played in Japan. Good pronunciation on that one, son. And uh yeah, I mean a uh, gentleman, we 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 grew up uh loving baseball uh, among so many sports and we've we enjoyed many of those sport experiences together. Uh we must have back in the day at some point gone to a to a game at Old Exhibition Stadium, but I, but I, I wanted to bring you into the conversation, Mike and Nick, because uh, you know the the Blue Jays seem to have all the ingredients to become champions uh, this coming year. I uh, would love to get your thoughts on it and maybe just recount for the listeners some of the the glory days for us when we were you know watching Blue Jays baseball or whether it be playing on the diamond at uh, at some of our respective schools back in the old hood in Scarborough.
2: Well, I was never a great baseball uh, player at uh double A, but I do re- I do remember throwing Well, the ball it's, you with know, he you became fully
1: transparent on that. So, thanks.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, well, it's a full disclosure. Full disclosure. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, but I remember throwing uh, the baseball in the backyard with you. Uh I do have memories going with my dad to Exhibition Stadium to see the Blue Jays play. I do remember George Bell and Lloyd Moseby. Uh, um, and Fernandez, so I do remember them uh, back at Exhibition Stadium and the fun it was going there. Um, that's now the BMO grounds field where Toronto FC play, um, so I do have fond memories of that. Never played on the baseball team or anything like that, but it was always fun. You could always get a group of guys or classmates together and uh, go, go out and play baseball uh, uh, behind the high school or even at Charles Gordon as well. Uh, it in gym class. So we had a lot of good memories
1: doing that. That's awesome. And I'll turn it over to Nick. I know uh you're a big baseball. Do I, I get this right? Were you a Yankee fan or am I, that's just my imagination.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I thought so. Watching the Yankees. I, I love so. yeah. the fact that they were, they monopolized a lot of the, uh, the, the, the tradition, the folklore and stuff and what it meant and what, what those players meant in baseball Laurels, especially since it's it's more of an American pastime than, than Canadian specifically, and and what what the tradition meant and the players and um, what what the history what they meant to the history of the game. So I was always I always marveled and 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 you know was in awe of the tradition of the Yankees, just like the Montreal Canadiens and the tradition they have in hockey. I think is the equivalent in baseball. So I always marveled at um, the history and and that team specifically. Um, they weren't as great. Uh, in the 80s and the 90s as the well the early 90s as the jays were but um definitely uh definitely appreciated the history and the tradition and how they how they um retired numbers based on based on the based on the play, the baseball players they had and statistics and what they meant to the game um we used to uh we used to go watch uh, jay's games as a as a group we'd um you know take the subway down to watch the games uh then skydome uh, I remember right. that. We also right. used to, with the Jackson boys, we used to go, remember Greg and Grant used oh, to yeah. go to the back and we used to play Burby.
1: Oh, yeah, and that's, oh, right. And, uh, oh that's right.
3: Oh, that's right. And they had, they had quite the uh, slingshot arms. And yeah. I mean, were trying to hit against them. That was a lot of fun. So,
1: so um, sorry to interrupt. Yes, how yeah. can I, what what great games of Burby we yeah. had. And, and actually, on a past episode, uh, Nick, we actually, we have a segment uh, you might have listened to before. Uh, for, uh, sorry, uh, Ashton, it's... Um, I'm <laughs> It's a all pro go segment where we feature a sport. And we featured Burby because we had back in episode 20 former Blue Jay and World Series champ Rob Butler on the show. And that was one of his yeah. favorite uh, games playing with his brother Rich. But anyhow, yeah, we had some great uh, Burby games over at Churchill. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, it might have been Churchill, but also Charles Gordon and that short porch over there. We tried to get it on the
3: roof. Yeah. Yeah, and with the teams, the teams in Charles Gordon, I remember it, we had uh, we had a lot of really good players. We had Richie Gale, we had Dale Starley, Kevin Brown, myself. We had Garfield. We had a lot of we yeah. had a lot of talent, and we won we won softball. They wouldn't really play baseball, but we would play with hardball. We yeah. wanted to play a game where we'd be after school, where it was a bunch of us playing, and we would you know in essence take turns. Somebody in the field would come up to hit, and it was all a bunch of fielders. But yeah. uh, we would play yeah. with a hard ball. But for the most part, we were a softball team that was that was just crushing it. We, oh, we, I remember we were, that. We, we, we were like, it, just about everybody would go up and they would just crank the ball. It, was, it wasn't a soft hitter on the team. We had, just like our soccer team, um, it, was, it was a bunch of really, really good athletes. And yeah. there wasn't a lot of competition. Um, so baseball itself, you know, I, I remember a lot of, um, I remember going to Exhibition Stadium. And uh, then we would go as a group. Uh, with Jason Gomes and oh, yeah. um, and Cheryl and Laura and uh, Holzer, myself, Jen. We, we would go watch the games. We just, uh, you know, just make plans to go out, and there were $4 tickets back then. We used to go wherever seats were available. Uh, yeah. And Holzer and I went to the uh, 92 parade, I believe. We, we sure. and, and you, and you survived and we it? The, you survived yeah, it, right? I know. You survived it. That was an understatement. We got to throw a toilet paper out of the level 500.
2: There we go. Yeah, no, uh, okay. I, I'm going to have to just interject here. Now, I, I may have thrown the toilet paper roll off the 500 level, <laughs> and I may have not been – it may have been the full giant toilet paper roll that weighs 10 pounds, uh, I said, the, dude, the it's a streamer. It you don't chuck it as an object.
1: He <laughs> thought it was a streamer. It was blue, and blue and white.
2: Just, yeah, it, did, it didn't stream at all. And uh, just for the listeners out there, if you're listening out there to the guy at the 200 level, uh, I apologize. You were
1: serious? <laughs> now you apologize years later when they won you their first title. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, like, I, Nick, I hearing you talk about some of those names. And, I mean, fans, just so you know, I mean, we're dialing back now. It would have been, what, 87 or so when we met. Yeah, 87, I think. Uh, Fall of 87 or 86. That's a long, long time ago.
3: Even 85, 86, because I know that... Was um, it? Yeah, okay. uh, Even in and around there, the mid-80s. But I think... Some of some of those guys um, that played on those teams, of course, we went to different high schools, and generally we did. Um, That's right. And a lot of them you saw you saw playing on on those sports teams. Oh, You totally. saw them in those in those school teams. But you know, collectively for our age group, we were um, we were very very advanced wow. as athletes. It was it was an oddity to have all these guys that played different sports that actually played well together, especially the soccer team. It was something else, right? You,
1: you know, gentlemen, and yeah, talking about those names, and, and, and I know we, we've kind of digressed here, but all, all good f- father-son fun talk here, like, I think, and we'll have to kind of have uh, do a future episode on this and consider, because you guys know on episode 23, we had probably the best soccer player in Scarborough, and that's saying something. We had a Canadian national team member, and, uh, and former agent court star from high school, Tommy Kuzman has come on the show. So Tommy and I sort of regaled over some stories and that's to your point. I mm-hmm. mean, we, not that Tommy was at Gordon or anything like that, but you think about the, that team, gentlemen, back at Charles Gordon, you go top to middle and the bottom. I mean, that, that is like an all world team that we had there.
3: Mm. You know? You're not even talking about Fernando either. And even <laughs>
1: Fernando, right, Mike? I mean, you know, bringing you into the chat yeah. like that, that what a team that was.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think if you were to look at the Charles Gordon team and even a little later at the Winston Churchill team, there is uh, a few players who had a cup of coffee playing uh, for the national team. There's a few players that play professional. There's one player you could argue uh, maybe up until recently, in Fernando Aguirre, who was... Um, uh the greatest canadian soccer player with his stint in in portugal um and then we had a lot of really really talented soccer players uh as a as a supporting cast we had a very uh talented group of soccer players uh very fortunate to play quality soccer and i believe for the churchill group we lost in the semifinals of OFSA to uh I want to say it was
1: Cedar it Bray. It was Cedar Bray in a in a shootout, man. In Pally shot. You remember that? It was on the road at Cedar Bray and it, it, there was a good crowd out there. And it was Peter Pappas and Net. I think Peter <laughs> Pappas was on the other side, boys. Yep. Yeah, I
2: think we lost one nothing.
1: Yeah, what what a game. I mean, mm-hmm. on fans, we could go on and on. We're gonna to have to do a future episode like this and maybe get some of these old old chums on. In fact, through Tommy, uh Chris Fermanis. Uh, Sent his regards to 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 your co host here and stuff. And there's another guy. Like w- if we were to say Tommy Kuzmanis was the best player in Scarborough, that's saying something because when you got so many other players, like Mike and Nick, you know this too. I mean, Mike may not have been a basketball player, but boy, was he a great uh, soccer player and and a, and a goaltender. But unfortunately, you got a guy like Lucas Papa Constantino, right, uh, playing goal there. I mean. yeah Yeah. we
3: had lucas and we had danny's Danny's and danny's Danny's
1: yanis was an incredible
3: these guys these guys were very very good club players they played for their respective uh age group and um and they were they were fantastic um so yeah it was just the timing of everybody being at the same school and 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 this type of team that we had um for for school i think it could have i think it could have rivaled club teams
1: it certainly uh, could have
3: club teams from yeah. the wexfords the maple leafs you could have put us together and would have been as as good
1: <clears throat> it was an incredible team i mean i mean like nobody everybody on that squad could have played thing. i mean L- Lamancus, coach lamankus had, had an all-star team on his hands there he was like Cedo gaston guys right uh anyways we we could go on and on we'll have to do it on a future episode for sure but let's bring it back to uh um love inspired athlete names because it's now time to uh to save our last one and this one gentlemen for love inspired athlete names it's gonna pack a punch because my gold medal for love inspired athlete names is the sugar ray leonard that's right everybody the legendary boxer motivational speaker and uh if I've got this right, occasional actor as well, too. Uh, I can't remember a, a, a feature film he was in, but uh, it's, it's what, I'm, what I'm seeing here in my good show notes that Sugar Ray Leonard, not only was he a great boxer, a motivational speaker, he was also a great actor. I mean, you know, boys, we, we watched some of those, those just clashes. I mean, think of the names that Sugar Ray Leonard would have actually uh, flew fists with. I mean, we're talking Roberto Duran, Thomas Hearns, marvelous marvin hagler leonard also won a lightweight gold medal at the 1976 summer olympics when we were just in almost in diapers um yeah so i mean there there's a guy uh boxing you know what i'm trying to think boxing and and us growing up i mean we would have we would have watched it but i don't think Mm-mm. other than maybe some of the fist fights that <laughs> might have happened all in good fun at the back of the pizza nova perhaps after school at churchill but other than that gentlemen, would you care to weigh in and help your your, your chum out here uh, on honoring this gold medalist uh uh ray charles sugar ray leonard
2: so it wasn't uncommon for me in my household that uh, for my dad and my grandpa to watch the fights on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, so I do have memories of Roberta Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard fighting, um, also, uh, Leonard and Hagler. So it, I do have memories of that along with the golf, uh, just uh, for family dinners. Um, so boxing, I wouldn't say it was a staple in my household, in my youth, but uh, it was certainly on the TV, um, uh, and we were one of the fortunate people
1: back then. We had color TV. <laughs> okay. He had color television, everybody. He had a fancy Zenith in his basement. We know that very well. Uh, 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 Nick, uh, the boxing, um, it definitely, you know, boxing itself was, I mean, now we you know, we're, it's things like the UFC mm. and such like that, but it is the sweet science.
3: Well, boxing is, it's all technical and less power it, it's it's technically who is more technically sound and who can outlast the other and find that point with which they can actually weaken or hurt the opponent that's what it was it wasn't about power and then along came in 1985, in 1985 and 86 specifically i think in that year uh there was this mike tyson guy that's and right that was the one time where this guy was winning matches he was winning he was winning boxing matches in in less than a round and in seconds and you didn't have you you had to have pay-per-view or you had to get tickets to go watch this but you you saw the sports the next day you you looked in the sports and you saw mike tyson ko and and he was for his age and for his time he was something unlike anything else you hadn't witnessed this type of power uh, and and this gift, this talent that oh, he had for, sure. for 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 this art, uh, because you know Marvin Marvin Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard, they weren't heavyweights. And what drew what, what drew crowds and drew attention was the heavyweight division. That was always considered. You know, they talk about greatest of all time. Okay, well you know Muhammad Ali's and and um, and and the boxers of that era with the Foremans and and. Um, what have you. But, you know, it's always about the heavyweights and yet you have so many great, great middleweights and lightweights and they don't draw as much. So, you know, um, until, and and it was in the same time where there was um, Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard that Tyson was, was coming onto the scene and he really, he really helped uh, resurrect the heavyweight division since Ali and Joe Frazier stopped fighting in the 70s mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's that's amazing analysis there, and that fans ends the most loveliest, the most legendary of father-son free-for-all segments that we have uh, we have brought to you on the airwaves. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Ashton, for making it so special here on episode 42, um, my 50 years bold for your com- your your humble co-host. And I tell you um it's just been so special having you guys on you know um i I mentioned at the outset you know friendships that span over 46 and 37 years that's pretty special that in some way shape or form and you know the times we have a chance because our lives are so busy um may not be the same in quantity but boy oh boy was this segment a representation of true quality of friendship and uh just can just pick up just like this. And uh, I'm so grateful for you two, you two chums, you OGs, um, you know, past, present, and future. Um, just looking forward to it all. You've been top line mates, and and I can't thank you enough for joining us here on this segment of Champs and Chums, and I'd be remiss if I didn't bring my forever chum Ashton in, who wanted to say a few words of thanks to both of you. Ashton?
0: Well, yeah, uh, Mike and Nick, thank you for coming on the show. It's been an honor having you on And um, your friendship with my dad has been spanning many, many years, 46 and 37. Those are really big numbers. And um, my dad's told me stories about um, how you guys met and your great friendship. And um, this segment was really great. And, you know, we don't really have much guests on the uh, free-for-all segments, but we we had you this uh this segment and
1: uh well and these guys have created such a high standard now yeah. Ashton. we got our work cut out they may just have to return on the show or on a future show yeah so good stuff well we'll throw it over to you guys for some final well wishes and words on this very special segment
2: well so i'd just like to thank you AA, and uh you ashton for having uh me and nick on the podcast it's really nice to catch up with nick and Anthony and you Ashton and uh, just um, share some stories and uh, some good tales and humor. And um, you know, it it just shows, and Ashton, I hope sincerely this for you is that as you go through life and build your friendships with your, uh, with your, tells there that uh, when you look back 50 years from now that you're reconnecting and sharing some wonderful memories with them as well because there's a you know it really warms my heart to get the opportunity to do this with your dad and with uh, longtime friend Nick as well uh, to share memories and uh, reconnect so thank you for that opportunity in this love-filled segment.
3: Well, it goes without saying, this, that, you know. Thank you. You know, there are two words that we sometimes take for granted, uh, but in this particular case, considering how how special and uh, important it was to, to Anthony, not only because it's 50, but it's also a, a look back and a look towards. You know, you got the present, and you have the you have the the the, the then and the now, and we're the then, and Ashton's now. Um, and I think you know. Um, Anthony missed out on some wonderful opportunities with his dad in and around the age, you know, where Ashton is. And I think, you know, it's an opportunity for Anthony to uh, possibly, you know, do what what he didn't have an opportunity to do. And I think it's a wonderful way in which the two of you bring us into your lives and you go to different places, different venues, you utilize the the social media to its, to its, you know, to for what it's meant to do. And that is to have us, you know, live through your eyes and through your experiences. So I think, you know, all these memories that Ashton's creating of his dad are, you know, um, are going to last a lifetime, not only because, you know, they're they're segments that he can, you know, watch over and over again and and appreciate, but also he can take that as, as he you know gets to 50 60 and beyond he's going to be able to look back and, and appreciate the times that he's had um so overall for me you know um I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate to be given the opportunity and um you know if it raises ratings and increases the uh, the overall um the overall outlook of the of, of everything you guys are trying to do i'm i'm on board for anything you guys need oh that's
1: awesome you know gentlemen i am so touched and uh by all your words including you there ashton And uh, for all three of you, I'm going to use the words the young kids say, forever. Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 42.
0: This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 42 of the champs and chumps podcast it's your co-host ashton here and it's now time for our best of segment and what an outstanding guest we have for our fans this month and um, this month we have a really special guest it's the man who just turned 50 years bold my dad, Anthony Alfred, double A, the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, really? Well, thanks so
1: much, Ashton, for that rousing rendition of, of an introduction. It's so I'm so glad to be with you. you. Now, you know everybody, I've been alongside Ashton for every episode of Champs and Chums since we started to press play, monthly shows since October 2019, but we have never done something like this before Ashton? because i'm sitting next to you here behind the broadcast booth and uh but you're now going to interview me on the best of segment i'm really looking forward to this
0: yeah i'm so looking forward to this
1: well that's awesome my man well um great to be on this best of segment with you and uh i understand that you have some hard-hitting questions for your dad on this best of segment fire away
0: well uh the big question we're all asking dad is um how does it feel to be fifty years bold
1: wow well what what a what a great question Ashton to start off this uh this interview and it feels so different actually because now i'm answering questions um you know what i uh i think i'll answer it in one world one word amazing it feels amazing to be fifty years bold um i think I might have mentioned it a little bit in the opening um you know when people reach this uh this fifth decade, this milestone, they they really start putting into perspective and things. In fact, I think I might have shared this story with you. I was out at the, the local pharmacy and I had to pick up some multivitamins and knowing that I was going to hit this milestone and, and cross this threshold, for the very first time, Ashton, I saw something that was very telling. On the bottle of this multivitamin, it said seniors. <laughs> so, so... It was that, and then, um, you know, uh, I've been having a little trouble with my knee. Uh, I went to get a, a little bit of a, you know, just kind of a, you know, medical world opinion about it. And then the, uh, the medical professional says to me, you could probably have uh, osteoarthritis. <laughs> so <laughs> with all that said, I refuse to believe that I'm getting old. I know that I'm getting bold and, uh, it's, it's a blessing and I'm grateful. Um, I think a lot about life is, uh, your attitude that you take to things, your, your beliefs, your values, your visions. And, uh, I have big ones. I have bold ones and, um, I'm so looking forward to, uh, to enjoying and experiencing what the next chapters will be in my life. So great question off the top. That's how I feel. Amazing.
0: Well, Dad, can you take us through how uh, you, your early interests and ambitions uh, to start getting in the field of marketing and communications?
1: Well, that's a great question. I know we've had a chance to, so you were asking me about career now. Yep. Right. Well, I mean, here we are, Ashton, um, behind a microphone, never thought this project would ever come to be. I mean, it was something, as you say, as we said on, on previous episodes, we just had a, a conversation uh, in your bedroom one day in the summer of 2019. and But here we are speaking, talking, communicating, conversing about sports, life, and friendship. And to get to uh, the reasons why I, I, I got into the world of marketing and communications, because I actually felt I had a strength. I had an ability to not only enjoy um, the spoken word, but engage in the written word. And so at a young age, just like you, I decided to continue to build that skill as I went through, um, my years through, uh, school. Uh, and, uh, you know, geez, we just came off of a segment with my longest of long time chums, Mike and Nick, and they could vouch for it as well too. Um, I was in speech arts competitions. I did, uh, compete just like them in, in, in organized sports. And, uh, there became this wonderful connection between the art to speak, the art to write, uh, the art to communicate and the love of sports. And so as I continued to follow those passions, not only playing sports on the field, on a court, but wanting to direct my educational pursuits that similar way. And so when it came to, I mean, just like our, 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 uh, uh, wonderful producer, our, our OG uh, chum um, Serena, who had to make a decision about what, what you wanted to do. Not only did you have to have the marks to get to a standard, to actually have choices in what you wanted to do for higher education, I, I was lucky enough to get accepted into three universities and I decided to continue those pursuits, as I say, by voice, written word, um, and, and a love for, for sports. The sports I'll get to in a sec, but I, I, I went to York University, and I, I um, got into the discipline, which is a, a Bachelor of Arts Honors degree of communications and political science, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed Had a lot of passion for the subjects, and uh, learned from some great professors. Had some Uh, very spirited debates with my classmates uh, in in, uh, what they would call tutorials. There we were in 1996, uh, graduated with an honors Bachelor of Arts in Communications and Political Science from York University, uh, four great years of my life, but I had a a goal, Ashton. I, I, I wanted to take my passion for sports and connect it to this discipline now that I became truly certified in. So there I was in my last year of school. And again, my chums, uh, Mike and Nick, can vouch for it. Uh, I, I'm very driven, as you know. Your dad's very driven and ambitious. I made a list of, uh, of companies that I wanted to work for once I got out of school. I wasn't going to be the student that was going to take a year off or two and travel the world. I wanted to get right into it and get on with developing my career. And Ashton, the, do you know what um, company was the first on my list? The Leafs? Bang on. Score goal. The Toronto Maple Leafs was the first company that I wrote on my list that I wanted to work for. And, you know, what do did, what did we say? We had so many special guests that, again, um, their resume speaks volumes and, and legend. Um, but I can tell you in a very small way how important that was for me, that dream for me that I made come true and uh, it comes with all the intangibles of um working hard being respectful uh trying to learn not thinking you know everything being a thirst to learn um uh showing your talents at the opportune times showing your willingness to go the extra mile all of those things ashton uh came together in a in a very chance opportunity that had no job i should tell you by the way ashton um But again, a a longtime chum who you know, uh, Pat Park, um, you know, met up one day. I told him I was a student. I was graduating. And there I was in the the summer of 96, Ashton. I was on top of Maple Leaf Gardens in the press box watching Wayne Gretzky and the St. Louis Blues face the Toronto Maple Leafs. And now I'll put this into perspective. Uh, We had him as a former guest. Nick Kiprios was very involved in that series because if everybody remembers Nick Kiprios, um, you know, there's a lot of controversy whether he actually, he he did go in and run and run Grant Fuhrer, the, the hall of fame goaltender, but that was a tough series. I, I kind of cut my teeth there and experience it was a boyhood dream come true. Wasn't expecting any dollars for it. Continued to work hard, got some summer projects, um, Uh, editing the media guide. So there I was in the basement of your grandma Nita's home in Scarborough and spent days upon days during my summers, Ashton, putting in the work and going through the deep details of making sure the Toronto Maple Leaf media guide was done to the best of my ability. This is a best of segment, so the best of my ability. Unbeknownst to me, Ashton, As Mr. Pat Park and Bob Stellick and and all those wonderful people were handing out the media guides to start the 96-97 season, I opened up the book and there I was, my name in it as an editorial assistant. I, I almost had tears in my eyes, Ashton, because how proud I was of the work that I put in to get there circumstances changed and I, 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 um, there was an opportunity that came up to join the Toronto Maple Leafs in a full-time capacity, not just sort of being the guy that was sort of doing things part-time and, and loading up on some hours. And I still remember the meeting when I walked in, this is, there says a Maple Leaf Gardens, Ashton. I walked into a meeting room with Bob Stellick and, uh, Pat Park, where they told me to sit down and, and they offered me the opportunity to work full time with the team that I dreamed of being with, that I worked hard to show what I can do. And I remember I, I went down to the greens and I picked up the payphone, and the first person I call with the quarter in my hand was your grandma Anita. And I was just, I, I was emotional. I was proud. And uh, I, 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 yeah, that's how it all started. So I'm sorry I kind of waxed long, but I feel I it's important to wax poetic about the story of how dreams can come true, and then Ashton. Once I broke in, let's go with the theme here, right? The art of the art of speech, the art of uh, of of writing, um, the love of sports. It continued. Um, I then moved on to Bridgestone Firestone, worked in the corporate public relations space for the, the Canadian division and had an absolute blessing from learning from another mentor, uh, Jerry Priddle. And you know Jerry uh, uh, to this day and uh, an accomplished executive in the field, learned some amazing things from Jerry, uh, spent a year there before Tennis Canada ca- called and said that they wanted me to, uh, wanted to know if I was interested in interviewing for the role of director of communications uh, again, legends of, 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 uh, of the sector, legends and leaders. Stacey Allister, uh, former head of the WTA Tour, the great Michael Downey, who just at the time of this recording uh, made the announcement that he was going to retire and, and step down from ten- the, the leadership post at Tennis Canada, which he's done such a magnificent job stewarding the sport of tennis in this country with a fabulous team over there, spent six years there then went into the world of golf for three and a half years and had wonderful experiences and met met many great people there. And, um, you know, it's amazing. Through all of the other uh, elements of marketing communications, Ashton, I was able to demonstrate that the principles that I've learned, that the skills that I've developed, that the intelligence and the beliefs I've had to plan and to do could exist in other fields so there i was in in lung health when you came into the world ashton um i was just start going to start a new job with the the the, uh, ontario lung association in literacy abc life literacy canada for six and a half years um amazing opportunities but look how it's look how things have come full circle for your dad and said in the sense that um I then in, in on Canada Day of twenty sixteen was proud to launch my own small business. And here we are um talking about sports life and friendship and having a this that same passion, that same thirst, that same um uh commitment to voice, to commitment to the written word as we're as we're talking to you here today. So that's kind of a A a longer way to show you what's something I'm really proud of is how you can take a vision and put it into action. And uh, I've just, I think there's a lot more amazing things to come in terms of, and there's a lot more amazing things to learn, Ashton, in marketing communications. You know, I mean, look at us now. We're doing a podcast for the, this is our fourth season. I mean, this world was never even heard of now. It now actually challenges traditional radio, podcasting right so we I feel in in the field of marketing and communications Ashton you always have to be a step ahead you always have to be a student of the game in anything in life you got to be curious and uh, have a passion for it put the work in be respectful and you'll go places
0: well dad uh, that was a great answer and um, I want to ask you another question dad, who were your greatest career mentors and how did they help you build your success as a marketing and communications leader?
1: Well, maybe I'll, yeah, that's a great question, Ash, and I'm going to answer it, but I want to start off with mentor, just, just simply mentor, right? And, and and I want to put a punctuation on this because I think the greatest mentor that I've ever had is my mom. It's your grandma, Anita. Like, um, as many, you know, my story and, you know, Nick um, very poignantly reflected on all the beauty that he saw and heard in, in this passion project that we do Champs and Chums because he he, he knows, right? He knows that your grandpa Alan uh, left this world, might have left this world at a very early age. I was nine when he passed away and to have the opportunity to do things like this with you. And to have a, a home and a place to be able to help share, um, have great experiences to you is wonderful. You know, um, your uh, Grandma Anita was a tremendous mentor to me. She she taught me the way, the the virtues and the values of what hard work means, giving your all, having an opinion. All of these things are, are very strong in, in, in Grandma Anita to today. And I I, I, I value that. I relish that. It's, it's something that I feel more people should have. And so she was a tremendous mentor in me and you think about what she had to to go through Ashton losing her husband at um with with two young kids i mean i was 9 your auntie carolyn was 7 and boy she was relentless she showed the way she set great examples. she 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 uh, to me she founded the 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 term hard work and uh, so i owe i owe a lot of gratitude and love and um uh, to her for being a tremendous mentor in my life um, when we talk about career oh man th- there's many there's many I mean I can start as as I took you through that uh, rise and ascension for me through the world of marketing and communications I mean I'm the leader I am today because of the wonderful collection uh, collection of people who influenced me right and each of these mentors the names I mentioned like you know Pat Park and uh, John Lashway, Lash has been a tremendous, uh, a life motivator, career, uh, mentor and advisor. Um, you know, Michael Downey, Stacey Allister, uh, Jerry Prittle, uh, a lot of these individuals, um, uh, showed me the way, right. And, um, Uh, those were some of the names i mean and i've learned from from some of the great chums as well too in life right i mean you can always take advice ashton from people and and listen and learn and, and and try to to make 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 sense of it of your own so from a career standpoint you know a lot of those people come to mind because um they've helped shape me be the leader that i am today and uh as as i i lead my own small business um you know, I, I really take the opportunity, whether it be through client work or or opportunities um, with even just like you to take a moment and to really give um, what I feel is the greatest thing you can do with somebody, um, especially in the world of career, is to take the time to, to have them stand out, to, to, to give them opportunities to shine, to, to give them moments of, of where you're coaching them, um, how you would re- rewrite or revise a certain thing that they've done to have them see another side of of getting through it. Uh, So a lot of occasions in that. So yeah, I'm grateful for um, the people that have uh, in career and and more so in life. Uh, All of them have given me some tremendous life inspiration that I take with me to this day.
0: Dad, you've had outstanding success in your marketing and communications career. And also, can you share with the fans some of your personal career highlights?
1: Oh, there's been so many, Ashton. Like, I I mean, a lot of them, you know, you would say, and I, and I would start with the world of sports. I mean, you know, uh, getting that opportunity to work for a team that I, I adored growing up. I mean, I, I loved, I have a passion for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And to see that come through... And to have the experiences I did, to go to a Stanley Cup semifinal, to be on on uh, to be very closely working with the team, uh, was a boyhood dream come true. But um, you know, obviously, you know, tennis, golf, auto racing—some amazing experiences there. But I think some of my greatest achievements actually was when I actually was outside of um, sports, because you know, I, like I said, I think it's really important for young people who are on the field to diversify their portfolio so they can demonstrate they can do things in a number of areas and so i've since gone on from sports to do things in healthcare, education uh food be- food and beverage uh not for profit um so i think uh you know to, to 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 sort of put a point in some things well, What I did in, in six and a half years at, in, for adult literacy in this country, uh, along with a tremendous team, was, uh, was meteoric. I mean, we were trying to help people understand adult literacy. It's not just about a book. It's, it's more than that. It's life literacy. I helped lead that, um, that uh, name change of an organization and a big brand belief. It, and the organization still uses that as an anchor with regards to marketing communications and funding it opened up a big funding portal for the organization too. So proud that um, I continue to do some great uh, project work with ABC. Um, Yeah, some amazing things we did in lung health as well too. Um, But you know, I think Ashton, of all of those accomplishments, to me what's been the most gratifying is the people. And um, we, we talk about this a lot in sports. I mean... And you can say this for, for, your, for your life and career and, and, and your life in many facets of it, too. Um, it's the people that make the difference. You know, I mean, projects and things come and go. But when you have true experiences where you can pull together with people, learn from them, laugh with them, uh, love with them of things that you do and what you accomplish, it is an amazing thing. And so, yeah, I think I'll answer it that way.
0: What a great answer! And uh, Dad, what were some of the greatest lessons and words of advice your parents, Grandpa Alan and Grandma Anita, have shared with you?
1: Well, that's a great question. As, uh, as I mentioned earlier, like I, I uh, only had nine years of 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 uh, of life with uh, with your Grandpa Alan, my dad. But I tell you, it's it's all the lore and all the legend that he brings, Ashton. That I think you know, every story that I hear about him, he was just a a charismatic man that could basically light up a room. He was caring. Uh, he was supportive. I mean, he was the, he was the man that helped bring your, your, uh, your grandma, Anita, and some of the family over here from, from Guyana to Canada. So talk about commitment and support there and, um, wanting to see, um, uh, to see people build opportunity and bridges as a, as opposed to barriers he was a very I mean the stories I hear about my dad and almost being very statesman like right in terms of all the different people he knew I I kind of think that those were one of the things that I take with me to this day right how do you connect with people how do you how do you do things and so that was not only advice coming from you know the lore and legend of my father but also um the inspiration and wisdom of my mother. And I, I think I might have mentioned it to you earlier. Um, my mom wrote the playbook in terms of hard work. She had to do it, right? Um, she was committed to it. Um, she was a mother and a father in a certain way too, Ashton, right? So um, I think hard work, dedication to your craft, um, you know, being kind and considerate, being a great listener, but also having an opinion, Um loving people, but, uh, making sure to know how to, uh, to be confident in yourself and to know in situations where you, you, it is okay for you to speak up and to, to, to be different and to, to command a room. And, um, it's all those kind of, uh, lessons of love and, and leadership. And, uh, it's been pure joy for me. So, um, yeah, I really thank my, my parents, for uh, for giving me a compass on, on a way to look at the world and the way to achieve things. And I, I think I've just taken it to the next level, man.
0: Yeah, that was another great answer. And uh, uh, another question here. Uh, Dad, who are your favorite athletes of all time and why?
1: Oh, man, that's a tough one, you know, because um, I, I think I might have shared this on a previous episode. While I was a big Leaf fan growing up, I was a very and actually, our just just minutes ago uh, on earlier in the show, my my uh, my long to- longest of long time chums, Mike Holsworth, uh, outed me by saying, and he knew this that I was a big of Fleur fan. Yeah, right at number ten uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. So yes, uh, he was a great player. I just loved the way he played uh, uh, the game. He was a goal scorer. Um, Pele was the reason why though I wore number 10 Ashton and you know my love for Pele and it's uh it's so sad that uh he's departed the world but what a legacy he leaves and I think that's what's great about athletes that I admire is that whether you're living or or you're not on the earth anymore it's the legacy you leave in things right and uh it could be an athlete a a father a, a mother a sister a brother an uncle an aunt uh grandparents, uh, business leaders, uh, you all have an opportunity to leave a legacy. And, uh, so that's what I love with, 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 uh, Pele. Um, if I had to kind of bring it more local, Ashton, uh, I think I've shared with this one you before, um, Wendell Clark, who I, I think I shared with you in a, in a previous episode, how I had the, the opportunity to meet him when I knew that I was full time and be able to work with him. Like that was an absolute dream come true. I just love the way that man played hockey. I mean, he was he was a leader personified. Played the game hard, could score, could skate, was tremendous in the community. Was one of the nicest people you'd ever you'd ever meet. Uh, but when when it came on the ice, boy, could he battle! He was ultra competitive. That is Wendell Clark, and I think that's one of the things I. I love I, I loved about him is all those things because I, I kinda see myself in a lot of those um qualities that I just I just spoke of right there. So yeah, Ashton, I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I mean Roger Federer, I mean he's a legend. I just love the class and professionalism he's brought to the game. Um, you know, um i grew up a big blue jay fan in in the 80s and and the early 90s so i mean guys like jesse barfield and george bell lloyd mosby the killer bees out there um uh i, I love them i mean i i just yeah there's so many to name but i would i would start with those ones
0: yeah and that's uh those are some great athletes there and um Dad, can you talk about the importance and value of education for younger people?
1: Oh, I'm happy to, son. And, you know, you and I have had conversations about this on air, off air. It's an everyday thing. I mean, to me, education is the passport to a world of success. And um, everybody has an opportunity to start at a certain, uh, the, the start line. To me, it's where you finish. In, in that whole pursuit of education, that's important. You know, and I'd be remiss to say when you asked me earlier about what um, oh, great words of advice that my, my parents shared with me is that, you know, your grandma need is very big on education, um, how important that is and how that it can unlock future success for you. And and you know that, um, that I've been a big believer on the value and benefit of education. Um, it's everything. I mean, it, it is, it is, it is your passport to success. Um, you know, you, you only have to look at how competitive the world is, even our own country of Canada now to know that, you know, you can't rely just on, on, on the simple things that you thought you could get a job today with, you know, um, Getting a high school education is, is it doesn't really count anymore. Actually, it counts only towards the higher aspirations you have to specialize yourself in the passions that you hold, in the things that you want to do, in the disciplines that you want to carry. Whether it be through community college or going to university, uh, doing like look at our look at my longtime chum, a uh, Mark. I mean, he's a professor now, right? He's he's in his doctorate level of things. I mean, that's amazing. Like that is a lifelong pursuit of education. So it is extremely important. It needs to be valued not only just by, um, you meant you, sorry, you asked me the question about young, young people, right? Yes. Okay. So I'll I'll say this. It not only has to be valued by your parents, um, young listeners of champs and chums, it has to be valued by you. And I know it's hard as you're growing up to kind of see the big picture on these things and hopefully you have the right mentors around you to help you, to kind of, to coach you along to have you understand how important education is because if you find out early enough, it's going to be part of your DNA. It's going to be part of your thirst as you get up every day in the morning because you want to learn something. You want to be curious about a subject. And you know what? Education... And, and, the, and the results that you have will never be perfect. But the outcomes and the purpose of it will always remain. So um, it's extremely important, Ashton. It, uh, it needs to be um, uh, championed at a very early age. And what's great is that if you actually have a thirst for education, it doesn't matter once you get your, your whether it be your, as I say, your, your diploma, your degree and however you take your career pursuits, if you always have that natural innate ability to want to be educated, to want to, to want to learn about something, you're going to go far in this world because you'll be that much more enriched and that much more of an all-star.
0: Dad, what advice do you have for young kids looking to make a bold marketing and communications career just like you?
1: Well, that's, uh, well, I mean, I think I go back to what I just said, right? I mean, um, it's important that you have a thirst for something. You have a passion for something, right? I mean, you know, I I so happened, like I said, I I took the three things that I I, I really had. I mean, I had uh, a love for speech. Uh, I had a love for the written word. I I thought that I could grow myself as a communicator, and I followed that passion. And I, I actually mixed it into sports. So don't ever think that you can't do something understand and create a path for why you can do something believe in yourself um that's number one and I, I think that has nothing to do even with just marketing and communications It has everything to do everything to do with life um if you really want to get into the field be willing to volunteer your time be willing to put the work in to to talk to people uh that who actually have been in the field for a very long time i can't tell you how many people in the last few years have reached out to me just wanting to have like uh, I just I did, did three of them over the pandemic. just young people who actually were uh, fascinated about my career that wanted a chance just to, to chat and learn more. I give them all the credit in the world. That's what young people should be doing. I mean we even uh, uh, we don't have all the answers. It doesn't matter what space, what level you're at in marketing communications, that world changes constantly. And so you always have to be a student of the game. And you always have to be curious about it. Um, you know, find your way to volunteer with organizations or brands that you may want to end up working with. I mean, that's a great way to get your uh, and, and my legends and mentors like, you know, Lashway and Priddle and, 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 uh, and others can tell you that. Right. I mean, get involved, get involved in your community, meet people. Build a network. It's, it's very important that you do that because it'll open a gateway of opportunity for you as you further yourself in the field.
0: Well, Dad, uh, my final question here, and uh, this is a burning question that I've been waiting to hear. Um, Dad, what does the future look like for Anthony Alfred in the next 50 years bold?
1: Wow. That, that that is a great actually nobody's asked me that question since turning 50 ashton you're the first one here and we're here live on air so i i guess i have to come up with something um i think it it, it looks very bright it looks promising it looks full of learning it looks full of bright moments uh uh amongst many people that i know now and uh perhaps many new people that will come into my life, Um, groups, people, individuals, learning moments, um, opportunities to share more big and bright things with you. Um, Hopefully great health, which is something that we all have to be committed to when we get to 50 years bold, right? Um, I think always pushing my limits. Uh, That's really important to me. Uh, on what the future looks like it's been with me for the first 50 years is uh, always believe that um, there's more to do there's more to learn there's great things to accomplish there's wonderful people to meet and above all be grateful be grateful and to be extra grateful for all of the things that I uh, have accomplished to date but all of the wonderful things that I know that I that's ready to meet me in the next 50 years so Ashton I will end that answer by saying, uh, "The word I started with is uh, amazing."
0: Well, uh, that was a beautiful interview, a bold interview, I should say. And um, I want to thank you, Dad, for coming on the show and um, participating uh, to answer my questions that I had for you.
1: Well, Dad. Well, well, Dad. Well, Ashton, it's, 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 it's been my pleasure. It's kind of neat to be able to, uh, to kind of be on the, on the interviewee's chair. And you asked me some really, really great questions. And the way you asked me the questions, Ashton, is, uh, is beautiful. Uh, I'll cherish it. And it's been such a beautiful, uh, beautiful segment to share this best of experience with you.
0: Yep. And uh, I'm going to take this segment to break. This ends our father-son best-of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast.
1: Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy February, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. Episode 42 in full effect. So glad that you're with us here for our next edition of Champs and Chums. And Ashton, uh, it's now time for our All Pro Go segment. And fans, as you know for all previous episodes, our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. So this is where my chum Ashton uh, puts a spotlight on a particular sport or an activity. And Ashton, we got a real, uh, well, you know, in the whole spirit of the loving that has been. This 50 years bold episode, it's a long time chums. We go best of here with yours truly. You were a great, um, with, with that segment, my man, um, we're kind of creating this whole theme of love as we think about this activity. What is it, Ashton? It's archery. Archery. Now, now explain to, you know, to put it into focus, right? For our, 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 our listeners who we all love, Right. Ah, uh, what's the, what's the relation with archery in this whole uh, month of February here?
0: Well, the relation is, um, if everyone knows uh, Cupid, he goes around and uh, I think shoots his bow and arrow with his
1: bow and arrow. Yeah. that's right, and right into the heart, and spreads love right into the hearts of each and everybody. And in fact, everybody, if we could do this, we would have brought Cupid on the show to make sure that he struck. With a bow and arrow, uh, an arrow right through the heart of you to spread lots of love. So thank you for all your love and listens of father-son fun talk about sports life and friendship. But I digress. Ashton, it's now your turn to talk about archery.
0: Archery is a sport, practice, or skill of using a bow to shoot arrows. The word comes from the Latin "arcus," meaning bow. Historically, archery has been used for hunting and combat. In modern times, it is mainly a competitive sport and and a recreational activity. A person who practices archery is typically called an archer, bowman, or toxophilic.
1: Great stuff, Ashton. Well, that's Ashton's uh, uh, short but sweet uh, description of archery. And I know you wanted to add a little bit more, my man.
0: Yeah, and um, this is a really cool fact. But the first ever... Time like there was, bow bow and arrow or as a bow and arrow game or something like that. It was as around seventy two to seventy two thousand to sixty thousand years ago. Really? Yes.
1: Well, I'm going to continue that theme when we talk about this all progo archery because there's different, as you say, there's different periods of archery. There's the medieval archery. I'm I'm actually darn sure that when we went to see the medieval times that those guys had bow and arrows as they mounted the horse.
0: They might. I okay, think.
1: so medieval archery, everybody, mount. Well, here you go, mounted archery as well too, which was uh, had early beginnings amongst tribesmen of Central Asia. Um, there was a decline in archery as well, too. There has been a decline in archery as well, too, because some people can actually say it's actually not loving. It's used as a form of warfare, but not here on Champs and Chums, everybody. We're looking at all the positive and loving aspects of archery. And, of course, um, in the 1840s, there was a second attempt to make it a modern sport. And um, it has certainly become that. Uh, it is an amazing um, uh, tool it has a wonderful myth- mythology about it a-, a lovely history and it's loving the way we see it good stuff everybody that's our all pro go it's archery and you're listening to episode 42 of the champs and chums podcast Father Son Fun Talk. You're listening to episode 42 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for our signature segment. That's right, everybody. It's our Champs and Chums segment. We salute our stars on and off the field. So, this is an opportunity where Ashton and I, every episode, want to honor and tribute uh, a champ, a chum, or a champ and chum. And in this case, it's the latter, everybody, because you know. I, we want to follow the theme of, uh, of love. We want to follow the theme of, uh, of the OGs. Uh, we just had uh, some special OGs on that I'm going to actually uh, step up on and in here to tribute in a sec. But it's all about line mates, right? Being a great team together, especially those top lines. You know, we, you know why is Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, or is it Bunting on that line? Why are they so successful, Ashton?
0: Because they're all champs and they're all chums. Well,
1: then they play together well as a team. Yep. They have the same goals. They might do it differently, but they all come together to put the puck in the net, right? So this is kind of the whole spirit to everybody is Ashton and I honor great linemates going back in the day. And I'll start, Ashton, because my champs and chums for this episode were the ones you just heard. Just... Only a few minutes ago in and in a couple previous segments, that's Mike and Nick. Shout out again to my OGs, my best ofs, my top line mates. I mean, you know, it's, it's amazing when you have friendships, but when you have friendships that, uh, that span such a long time of knowing, of doing, of experiences, of life moments, of success, of disappointments, right? It all comes into uh, focus when you think of the depth of the friendship and the quality of the friendship that you have. I mentioned it earlier when we when they were on the show. So shout out to my champs and chums on this episode, Mike and Nick. Um, all you have to do is dial back a couple segments to hear how I've waxed poetic about the, uh, these two wonderful, wonderful guys. Um you know, uh, we may not have the quantity of time as we used to back in yesteryear to, to, to see each other and to hang out and to do all those kind of things. But the quality of, of our friendship uh, goes beyond, beyond legend, Ashton. And I'm very grateful to have those, those two guys in my life, um, from the strong streets of Scarborough to, uh, to having them come up on our own very own podcast. You know, it's been amazing. So forty-six years with Mike, who I've known since kindergarten. He went through the story, uh, and and he did say that we would kind of pass the statue of limitations where he'd kind of go after and sue me for actually taking his stomper. If we remember that kindergarten story, and then Nick meeting him in grade seven. I mean, that's thirty-seven years. It's been amazing. Um, like I said, uh, like the young kids say, forever. Good stuff. Ashton, over to you now for your champs and chums on this sort of special salute to line mates. Over to you, my man.
0: My champs and chums of this episode are my friends Jonathan and Athogen.
1: Well, what an all-star duo. You picked there to be your, your, your line mates and, and a salute on this episode. And Ashton, you've got some fine ones, but the ones you just mentioned... Those chums there, those are some pretty, pretty amazing line mates to skate with or uh, amazing ballers to ball with, or dare I say, amazing gamers to game with, because I know you do that too. So why is Athogen and Jonathan your your champs and chums of Episode 42?
0: Well, they're really good friends, and uh, Athogen's super good at drawing, and Jonathan's good at drawing too. They're both good at playing Fortnite uh, with me. And, um, they're really, really nice. They, they're, um, they're just friends that can understand you and, like, you know, they're just, like, so open to what, um, you know, I think or what they think. And, like, um, they're just really great friends and I can't tell you how much they're, they're, uh, they really mean to me
1: well and and you should though right ashton i mean i think that's the beauty of have of, of of having champs and chums in your life right i mean you tell them at every every opportunity when when you can and you feel it how grateful you are right and we kind of talked about that and that was some of the sage advice from you know your uncle mike and uncle nick is that if you you know here you are 10 years old but if you put four, you tack on 40 years there i mean they're hopeful that that you can have these kind of quality conversations and, and, and those kind of depths of friendship that are so honest, so true, so special and to celebrate them. Right. Um, and they're two special people that Jonathan and Atheon, they're, they're kind of different in personalities, but they, they support you in such many big ways. It's always the hand up, um, to help and to enjoy experiences. I mean, you guys actually just did one, um, uh, very recently, I think you went to a, a local, um, uh, what do you call it? It's a, sort of a, a an uh, indoor play place. Activate. Uh, yeah, it's not even a play place. It's a bit more sophisticated It's more sophisticated phys- physical activity. That. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it's a really fun place, Activate. It's near uh, Bramley City Center, near the decathlon.
1: That's right. So a local spot. But you've had so many great experiences with them. They're uh, wonderful people, uh, wonderful parents. And uh, it's wonderful that you've saluted them here on episode 42 of champs and chums good stuff everybody well we got a little bit more show to come that's going to be just as powerful just as bold as we have for every segment here on episode 42 but you're listening to episode 42 of the champs and chums podcast
0: Welcome back to Champs and Chums, and now it is time to wrap up this amazing show that we've had. And uh, for 41 episodes, Dad, you've asked me what did I learn on on these episodes, but I'm going to switch it up on you. I'm going to say, what did you learn on episode 42?
1: Ashton, you've been doing a lot of this on me here, you know, changing it up on me, but I kind of like it, man. You know, it's kind of good that you change it up on your dear old dad. And uh, so now, what did I learn uh, today? Uh, I learned a lot today, Ashton, in this this special episode. Um, I think I learned uh, one thing that um, I can kind of confirm, that that my memory is still sharp as a tack. tack, um, Because I uh, regaled in so many fun, rich, rewarding, and long... I'm talking long-time stories... With my champs and chamas, my uh, my top line mates, my OGs Mike and Nick, like some of the stories, Ashton, that were like, well, we're going back like thirty-five years, and sometimes forty in some of those examples with Uncle Mike. So for me to remember that, I think what I learned is that I confirmed that even at the year at the age of fifty years old, I still got the good memory sharp as a tack.
0: Yeah, I think so too and uh what else did you learn
1: what else did i learned well you know what Ashton? i learned and and you know it's ironic to say this i've sat with you um for 42 e- episodes shoulder to shoulder uh mike behind mic, pressing play for this wonderful cast this wonderful nation of champs and chums listeners and fans but I never can t- tell you, uh, and I'll tell you this now because I experienced it, you are a great interviewer, my man. Thank so you. So I learned that um, probably with more of a punctuation today. And the other thing I learned is you helped enrich me a, lo- a lot more about the the love and lore that is Cupid. So thank you um, for uh, giving me some rich insights about the, the love and lore of Cupid and, and archery. So thank you. Well, Ashton, I'm going to turn it back to you. It's time for dad to get back in the swing of things. So we have a lot of people to thank. It's been a fabulous episode here on episode 42. We want to thank our our very special guests who joined us for our father-son free-for-all segment, uh, Michael Holsworth, Nicholas Belucas. Thank you so much, boys, for uh, hopping up and in with your champs and chums. And uh, of course, Ashton, uh, we want to thank uh, our founding members of Champs and Chums.
0: Yeah, we want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show.
1: The Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who make us sound so amazing. We thank you so much for all your love and support. And Ashton, there are many, many, many ways you can connect with Champs and
0: Chums. Why don't you let let them know? You can connect uh, with us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Play, SoundCloud, Citra Radio, TuneIn, PodBeat, and CastBox. That's
1: right, fans. Make sure to subscribe. Leave us a comment. Leave us a testimonial. T- tell us what you like about and love about the show. We'd love to hear from you. That's all the podcast channels. And also, fans, you can check us out on social. Engage with us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, at Champs and Chums, our website, champsandchums.com. Ashton, for 42 episodes, this is going to be the biggest the boldest signature fist bump times 50 my man thank you so much for tuning in everybody and as we always say cheers cheers to champs cheers to chums and cheers to an all-star day thanks for listening. listening